get your toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it. Believe me. Hell, I can get your toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. hear anything? Oh, good. Because <laughs> I just queefed big time. What up? Welcome back to Uncle Rod's Story Corner. Coming to you live and direct from the toilet once again. Taking a pre-shower shit. Because there's nothing filthier taking a shit right after you take a shower. No worse feeling known to man other than maybe wet socks. Anyway, got a real nice show coming up for you. Got my man Seth Pomeroy on, followed up by BJ Buckley, a.k.a. Buckles the Clown, a.k.a. BJ Duckley, attorney at law. So strap in. See you soon. All right, folks, welcome back to Uncle Rod's Story Corner. Once again, another super special guest from Nashville. Uh, met this guy when I first got into town six years ago. Um, this is kind of a norm report where we talk to a normal person, a.k.a. non-comedian, but he's also a comedian in the way that Hollywood labels comedic actors, comedians, when they don't do stand-up, because this guy, he writes, he directs, he produces, he even acts, but he doesn't just make with the yucks standing on stage solo. Please welcome my main man, Seth Pomeroy, to the show. Seth, hey! What is up? How are we doing? God damn it. I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm so happy to see your face again for the first yeah. time in a while. Dude, same it's here. Like last year. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I know. COVID. Oh my god. Of course. <laughs> yep. Back when you could stay at bars till three thirty in the morning and just fucking end up on someone's couch. Now that's all red flags for a hundred staying in Mickey's until they close. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Mickey's. God damn it. If anyone's listening to this podcast who doesn't know Nashville, there is a bar called Mickey's where you will lose it all. It's, <laughs> and, the, it's our favorite dive bar. <laughs> Under a red light bulb, you'll make every fucking shitty mistake you in this beautiful city. It's like the cleanest dive bar you ever been to. Like Mickey's is a dive bar yeah. only because of the stuff that happens and what you do when you go there. But <laughs> Mickey's is clean. It's not yeah. in some forgotten part of town. Uh. It's not filled with all types of weirdos and there's only eight people in there. No, Mickey's is humping like a club. Yeah. It's yeah. always packed. It's always <laughs> fun. But it just leads to debauchery. <laughs> it does. It, it fucking does. And, and I'm one of those people who always around like 
two started going, now how am I going to get out of here? (laughs) So sometimes I was out before it went down, but I've been there many times where at the end and everyone just piled out in front and, you know, it's like some asshole's like, do you want to come back to my apartment and do some blow? Or, and then go. you're like, is that girl going to go there? Or maybe I'll take, you know, and, this is, and then you end up getting to know a guy you don't want to know. And you don't get laid. And you spend a lot of time really, really regretting it in the morning. And then talk to that by some guy who's been doing coke for 12 hours. Absolutely. Talking Dude. to somebody who's been doing coke all day is Ugh. exhausting. That's uh, horrible. <laughs> well, I'll say, though, people have said that about me, Ben Sawyer. First of all, Ben Sawyer, he turned to Josh Ryder and was like, is that guy on cocaine? <laughs> as soon as I walked away. And he's like, no, he's just an excitable young man. You know, he's very excitable. <laughs> I was going to say, though, that intro was beautiful, by the way. That's the way I want to be remembered. As everything but a fucking stand-up. Because <laughs> clearly, these people are fucked. Look at, look at this man's room. You can't see it. But <laughs> My wife's also fucked, and it's very similar. Uh, but it's so funny, because I was like, Listening to, I'm going to put on another podcast, a much more successful, I can only assume, uh, Mark Maron's WTS. <laughs> you guys are contenders. Oh, 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 you know, he's, he's got the edge on me by a, a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I'm coming right. for you, Mark Maron. Uh, that's I'm not right. going to be Watch number out. two that much longer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he had Wendell Pierce on, who is Bunk in The Wire, and he's in a lot of movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about you know, art is like honoring the form and then expressing within the form. And I was like, oh, that's why I feel like stand-up is so fake for me. <laughs> Not for y'all, but when I do it and I've written fucking stand-up and tried to do it, I just feel like I'm reciting, you know? <laughs> and that makes me feel like a liar and I'm already bald and insecure. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, everyone knows I suck. Because I'm reciting, but if I don't have a script, then I can say, who's that? Is that your wife or is that your daughter? God, she looks like she's, you know, then I can just start making fun of people and grip on something and they call it hosting. (laughs) I'm just really, I'm getting away from the art. That's what I'm doing. I'm just up there bullshitting. (laughs) I don't want to do any art while I'm up there. (laughs) It happens. But that's what I just like realized the other day. I was like, all right, well, maybe because my only real stand up bit is a thing, a terrible joke I do when I open a show because I host a lot of shows. People don't know me. I put on a lot of shows uh, in town and I host them. And uh, so uh, my only stand up bit is me being like, uh, I'm not a stand up. I'm here today. Obviously, I'm hosting this show and these are a lot of my very close friends. I'm very involved in the state community, but I'm not a stand up. But, um, uh, I, I did write a stand-up bit for tonight. My first stand-up bit. Who would like to hear my first stand-up bit that I get everyone to applaud? And then I go, okay, great. So, you know, when you go to the grocery store and uh, you see all these different kinds of foods and you're like, wow, vegetables look so different than uh, fruits. And then fruits look so different from like cold cuts or whatever. And then you look around <laughs> and, you, and you see the people and you're like, whoa, that person looks different than that person. And then you're like, wait a second. I realized something. Every hair has a food. <laughs> and then I point out people in the crowd and I tell them what their hair looks like. So if it was you, I'd be like, every hair is a food. For example, sir, you in the front row. Uh, it's sort of a honey, lemon, chicken, ramen noodle sort of thing <laughs> on top of your head. Every hair has a food. Ma'am, 
Uh, and I just go throughout the crowd and just do it until everyone's chanting, every hair has a food. <laughs> That's as close as I can get because it's written, but it's like, it's total bullshit. <laughs> so, so I can sell it because I'm letting, I'm making people do total bullshit. <laughs> so that's very exciting to me, but that's as close as I've ever gotten to where I've actually enjoyed it is every hair has a food. I don't, I don't know why, but Rod, you're always so loose on stage, but you definitely are doing your same jokes. You have a set. Yeah. So like, could you talk about that? That's sort of like, I'm just curious from a stand-up point of view about like writing a thing and then trying to make it authentic. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think mine comes across so authentic and loose because I don't write like fake jokes. Everything that all the jokes I have are they come from thoughts and conversations or things I saw or things I read. So they come out more naturally. I see. Because I didn't like sit down and say like I would like to make a funny joke about a car wreck. <laughs> yeah. How can I write a joke about a car wreck? That <laughs> it's kind of stupid to me. Like my yeah, process yeah. is. I write jokes throughout the day. Whenever something comes to me, I just write it down. But I never sit down and it's just like, oh, no, medieval times is funny. Let's see if I can find a joke to make about medieval times. I don't, <laughs> right, right. I don't do that. So Those sort of university, it's like uh, yeah, graduate <laughs> school comedy. Uh, that shit I, you can smell that shit a mile away, too, when someone's doing that. When they, when they take those fucking stand-up oh, classes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stand-up classes are like, one of the biggest scams on the face of the planet. Of course, of course. And it's it's solely for people who, I don't really want to say don't want to push the envelope, but I just mean that in a natural way. Like, stand-up classes are for people who would like to be club comics, so to speak, for the rest of their life. Yeah. People who don't have an interesting perspective on the world. And yep. so everything that they talk about is manufactured. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. can be a successful club comic, but not like be lame about it. Yeah. But for most people, people who take stand up classes, that's for people who aren't funny anyway. And so <laughs> right. they take those classes sort of like a hobby. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like bored housewives or retirees <laughs> or somebody yep. who would like to try stand up comedy but they don't have the sense to just take your ass to a fucking comedy show, watch, listen, and learn, and just get your ass up on stage. That's comedy school. That's Mm -hmm. how you learn how to do stand-up. You decide you want to do stand-up, you go to an open mic for about two, three weeks alone, then you write some jokes, come back to that open mic by your fucking self, go on stage, and then start talking to and hanging out with comics, and then that's how you build your shit up. But mm-hmm. going, but just going from like a fucking school teacher or some shit, or whatever your job is, even it's like a bartender or something. Just going from that to being like, I want to try stand up. I heard they have classes at this club. That's not that's not the way to yeah. do it. Yep. Because the person who's teaching those classes, it's not like a a real college or something. Yep. Like, you're not going to go in there and find George Carlin trying to teach you how to, you know. <laughs> right. like that's not, it's yeah. not, it's a stand-up who nobody fucking knows yep. who has some sort of deal with that club. It's just, it's just basically, it's almost like the way, like, pedophiles groom their victims. <laughs> 
That's what happens in stand-up classes. You're being groomed <laughs> to attach yourself to an already fading star of somebody who nobody uh-huh. knows. And uh-huh. they're just going to teach you how to be them. But they're just there to make money. Because totally. you can make a lot of money. Like, motherfuckers be paying like two, $300 to go to these stand-up classes. Yeah. And it's just like watching Dave Chappelle's Killing Me Softly and going to an open mic is fucking free. You, yeah. just, you don't have to take so, a fucking totally. class. Yep, one so day weird. you can knock it all out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know any interesting it. person who's ever mm. no stand up I know who I think is interesting and super funny and great to hang out with and funny in conversation mm. is a person mm. who's like, yeah, you know, I learned the craft at the old Wackadoodle <laughs> University School of Laughs. I know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's like it's like the personality game, right? It's like every everybody that's a good stand-up has a strong personality, period. That's theirs. Yes. And then material and shit is like an extension of that. But you're, you you want to see an individual. I don't want to see somebody who figured out how to do it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not the thing. And generally, the people I know who have them like that, they don't ever talk about their individual thing, even though <laughs> I can see what it is that makes them an individual, and they're hiding it in, in this sort of like club comedy writing. You're like, yeah. just be yourself, goddammit. I'd rather you be a total weirdo. I mean, trust me, that's the stand-up game. I mean, goddamn, <laughs> half my friends are complete psychopaths. <laughs> they're stand-ups, but that's what makes it so great, is it's so fucking unique to the person. Yeah, you, you know, need to have so, had an interesting life, and, an, yeah. and that's what gives you an interesting perspective. But yeah, for the most, and I'm sure there's going to be some people listening to this who's like, "I'm really good, and you think sure, I'm good." Sure. I went to a stand-up class. It's like that's there's always an exception to the rule. Of We're talking about the vast majority, and for every Absolutely. one person, like like Dusty Slay, mm-hmm. is fucking great. Yeah, and he's hilarious. Yeah, and. He's funny in conversation. Dusty's a cool dude. Always, yeah. Dusty's done stand-up classes before Mm -hmm. to help polish what he already had. But for every Dusty Slay who will tell you a comedy class helped me, there's literally 10,000 other whack-ass comics who got shit out of a fucking stand-up class. Yep, yep. (laughs) I know, and the thing about Dusty is he did open mics forever, and he found his voice. Exactly. He watched him do it. He didn't start at the fucking comedy club going to some stand-up class uh, by Jackie Shamwaker. And you know, who the fuck is that? Like, oh, yeah. that dude's been yeah. in the business 60 years. Like, I never yeah. fucking heard of that dude. Uh, I don't right. see him w- at the club he's doing the class at. <laughs> totally. Because that shit is you get a quote from Jay Leno because you opened up for him in 1988 or something. <laughs> and you get, like, a Comedy Store logo on that shit or something. And people are like, that's good enough for me. And you're like, yeah, except that exactly. dude had, didn't move past that stage of that doing gonna it. That dude's going to take so. me to the top. Yeah, it's like he is a secondary character in Jay Leno's life, I assure right. you. Like, if he saw him right now, he wouldn't even fucking remember it. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, I'll throw you a bone, why not? But yeah, I mean, look, it's a hard, it's hard. This is, look, we were talking about it. This is the OnlyFans economy out here. It's hard for, for these comedy people to make some money. I've been thinking it's about hard opening enough. an OnlyFans for my farts. <laughs> oh, that is good. <laughs> That's good, because if you just really click see, the button. Like, something stupid, but to see, yeah. like. There's uh, people like that, like porn. I just want to see if I do that. You know, I'll even show my asshole. I mean, a lot of people, (laughs) like you say stuff like that, you know, like so many people are like, you know, childish and stupid and ignorant. 
like super homophobic. And it's just like, oh, yeah. there's, what if some dude wants to look at your asshole while you fart? This is like, a, <laughs> yeah, what are you? I ain't sucking his dick. What's, yeah, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My decision, my decision was uh, separate from his. Like, yeah, like, I mean, if that's gay, like, maybe I'm gay or maybe yeah. I'm bi. But even with me just being straight, it's just like, I feel like it's not gay until you touch a dude's dick. That's so, right. It's, yeah, it's not. If some dude wants to like, look at my asshole for twelve dollars, <laughs> as right. long as I don't have to touch his dick, who cares? <laughs> that's right. And, and know that if you did that, it would be like text. I get a text like, "Did you see Nerado has an OnlyFans?" And it's for his farts. And then we'd all be like, "Who's gonna put their card down and see?" You know, it's like, it's <laughs> you're gonna get one of us to be like. Okay, I got one, and I screencast. You know, Somebody's like, going to see it. Somebody's there's no way you're up. not going to get one subscriber out of your friend groups just out of curiosity. And I'll take that, because, I mean, <laughs> I'm farting right now for fucking free. <laughs> that's right. That's, if that's, one person gives me $5 for a fart, that's, that's right. very successful. That's a 500% <laughs> increase yes. in profit for gas. Because I sure farted it. for zero cents ever. <laughs> so for one time $5, that's good enough for me. That's right. You farted on stage before, so many times. You know, <laughs> it was it was you know this just actually just passed because I started doing stand up in Nashville when I moved in at the end of July of 2014, and then I waited until September before I before I took to the shows. I like stayed in for a month, just having moved out of state and things like that, and I waited a month and. It was probably about a couple weeks in the September. I think it was like a week ago when it first passed that I always wanted to open a show with a fart. It was always <laughs> my dream since I started. I and about it. the <laughs> third time I went up in Nashville, I think it was at uh, Ultimate Comedy at uh, the East Room mm-hmm. one night. Oh, yeah. And I walked on stage, and I, I wasn't even trying to do this, but I walked on stage, and a fart hit. And I was like, I let it go. And it was so loud. And I was, and I left the stage. I didn't even do stand up after that. I walked on stage. I farted. Everybody laughed, and I said, "You guys don't That's know it. this, but that has always been a dream of mine <laughs> to open the show with the fart." That's my time. That's Good fantastic. night. I left. Yeah, biggest laugh I can get. I'm out. <laughs> I love farting on stage. I just love farting. Period. So I'll yes. take an OnlyFans for that gas. <laughs> I love it. But dude, that's I was psyched when you started doing this. I was like, oh, this is a perfect medium for Dorado. So I'm so glad <laughs> you're doing this shit because it's all about transparency, right? Does Mark Marin fart? I don't think so. Not that's on this right. fucking podcast. That's what's gonna push me over the top. <laughs> that's exactly it. We've been like, number like two Marin, to WTF for too long. Yeah, yeah. What the fart? That's right. What the fart? Nerado. I'm gonna change my last name legally to Marin. <laughs> yeah, your nail say it's kind of close. What yeah, the fart yeah. with Nerado Mirror? <laughs> you know what? If you don't make that video okay, right now, that's the funniest shit I've ever heard. You doing a Mark Marin impression in, in that room? <laughs> what the fart with Nerado Marin? God damn, you'll, the viral videos will be huge on TikTok. That's all stand-up comedy is now. It's TikTok and comedy by the creek. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what right. we were talking about. We've talking had about comedy before. has gone back to the caveman days. <laughs> that's right. Everybody's back. performing outside in open fucking fields. Yep. <laughs> like that's Vikings. Just, that's right. <laughs> it's just, yeah. 
comedy by a barn. And you're just under like, the waterfall. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And they're like, why? And they're like, God, it's just in a field. It's a very specific place. A waterfall. A creek. <laughs> you can find it in the middle in medieval times <laughs> if you're a wander around. Uh, with a sword. Now, <laughs> you're, about to, you're producing a show now that's going to be a yeah. drive-in show. A drive-in show, yep. Are you going to have it where people flash their lights if they think it's funny? <laughs> here's, my <laughs> shitty, here's my shitty joke because I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, all right, so guys, obviously we can't hear your laughter, you know, but, um, you know, maybe like, you know, when someone's driving and they left their lights off and you flash your lights to let them know that their lights are off, you'll flash your lights at us to let us know that we were being funny. And if you're offended, honk. <laughs> so then, and, then I'll be like, and they're like, here's an example. So this Arab guy, he just waits for. Like, and nobody hogs. I'm to be like, hey, what the fuck? Arab is racist. That's racist. You should be saying Arab. My God. Like, that's on you guys. I'm not even in a car. You know, like, so, that's, that's my shitty plan. And if it actually works, when, like, some, a comedian actually says an offensive joke and someone hogs, I'll feel. Either like an asshole or the best host of all time. <laughs> One or the other. I've destroyed my friend's art, but I'm having fun. You gotta get those, you gotta get those jokes that you have where like That's everybody it. laughs and then one person groans. It's just it's like yeah, it's going, a bunch of flashing lights and then like one horn yes. Oh, I hope it's like that. I like, really hope it's like the that. The Toyota Tercel didn't like that one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. And I read all these shitty jokes for cars, too, where I'm like, what do the carburetors say to the alternator? You know, click, 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 click. You know, like, terrible. And it's like, it's like, you'll hate it, but the cars are going to love these jokes. Uh, and then I like, got other terrible ones like that. Like, comedy, it's all about timing, belts, timing belts, your, your car. Remember your car. It's all about cars. I would <laughs> so like I just, to see the comic who loses his mind and does just become the comic who tells jokes to cars. To cars. It's like when you're guys. watching those shows on like TLC yeah. where people have uh-huh. sexual feelings for inanimate <laughs> objects. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just this one comic who just tells jokes to cars. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets off stage and puts his dick in the gas, <laughs> like, <laughs> the gas can. Like that's all he does. He just like takes a mic. And a speaker <laughs> to a car lot. And he just tells jokes to cars. Just to the junkyard. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, some people with their with the, the amount of like determination they have to suck for ten years, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah, go actually go do that in a junkyard, so I don't have to see it at open mics and shit. Where people are just like, I know I'm not funny, but I'm not going anywhere. You're like, well. It, it's been years. That sounds so, like one of those nightmare jobs that, like, a low-level manager could get you, uh-huh. though. Like, they're having uh-huh. a sale, like, doing Toyota-thon or, like, a <laughs> oh, truck, yeah. Trucktober, and oh, they yeah. hire you to go down to your local Toyota <laughs> lot and just tell jokes to the people trying to buy cars. <laughs> that is a great, yeah, yeah. God, that would so people. devastating. Because I've, like, a lot of people have, like, horror stories about, the kind uh-huh. of jobs that the managers have booked them for and they book for them sure. for like fucking like weddings and shit and it sounds kind of like halfway normal like oh they want you to perform at a reception and then somebody's like yeah they hired me to do like the repast after a funeral and uh, I heard this one, this one guy said that he got hired by this, this couple who saw him perform somewhere else and they hired him to come to a restaurant to perform and he thought he was doing a show he was literally just at the table with them two. Oh, <laughs> he was just whoa. at their table doing jokes for them. That's fucking insane. Dinner. 
That's, that's the most. That like, sounds like a Toyota third job. Like, listen, oh. Kia's having a big sale this Saturday. Want you to come down and do forty-five minutes? Yeah, we got live comedy. <laughs> yeah, and after you get through your first fifteen minutes and you realize no one cares, you just start killing time. <laughs> I've know, been in that like, situation before, man. When yeah. I I was about a year in, and I got a job as a correspondent on this. Um, the show that was like the daily show, but for Birmingham and uh-huh. about Birmingham's issues and all these different things. Uh-huh. And to promote it, we had got invited to like this young professionals gala or some shit. And we went in there and they had like this local band in their plan, just kind of playing in the background. And we met some people and, and it was cool. And then our executive producer had the bright idea that he wrangled us all some stage time. So we're at this soiree at like this luncheon and he's like, listen, all of you guys are going to go up and do five minutes. And it was torture because people are are eating sushi. They're at the buffet and the band is playing. And so when the band takes their like 30 minute break, that's when we're going to go. And this is the time. For everybody there to take a break. You know what I'm saying? Like, Uh you're at a luncheon and the band's like, we're going to take a five. Everybody goes out to smoke. Everybody goes to take a piss. Of course. Everybody goes Uh to get some fresh air. So the place had basically emptied out and Uh people finally had a chance to talk amongst themselves. So nobody's paying us attention. So we all took to the stage. And when I say stage, what I really mean is... um, just a corner of the room on the flat. Oh room. yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Corner of the room. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And all did five minutes for each other. Mm-hmm. Nobody that was left in that luncheon wanted to hear us do fucking stand. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we got I've never done a show where I got zero laughs, and not because nobody thought I was funny, but because nobody paid any fucking yeah. attention. Yeah. We totally. were telling jokes to each other. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. When you don't put the spotlight on stand-up only, and you're fucked. Because it's like, Always. who wants to stop talking once they've been allowed to talk? No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you're allowed to fucking buy a drink and talk shit, and then everyone's like, oh, shut up now. We're going to listen to right. this. Especially like, when it's a surprise. That? Like, yeah, nobody told so them famous. there was going to be a comedy show <laughs> yeah. and the band. Yeah. So no the band was like, we're taking off. Somebody had to go get the mic and go, uh, excuse me, don't also, leave just yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, silence, please, for the recital. Oh, <laughs> it's like, brutal. yeah, that's the worst. I, I, people ask me, so I've lived in Nashville my whole life, and so people, I know a lot of different people, I know a lot of musicians and stuff. You're one of the few locals. I am one You're of the few You're one locals. of the, in the, in the six years I've been tooling around Nashville, I have literally met about... Uh, probably about nine percent of the people I've met in Nashville <laughs> are from Nashville. Yeah, no there's shit, another man. fucking maybe ten percent who are from another part of Tennessee. Oh, and totally. then the other eighty-one percent are from out of the state. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Absolutely, dude. And I, you know, and I, uh, I've always stayed here for God knows what fucking reason. <laughs> but <laughs> I 
I've gotten some attention, which means, you know, I've made uh, very, very little money. And sometimes at a Walgreens, somebody's like, hey, man. And I'm like, hey, that's about the extent of my Nashville fame. But, <laughs> but, um, but I, since, yeah, and I, and I do love the city, although I do think we're in this weird phase with this sort of like LA exchange thing going on where like people from Nashville are going there, the people from LA are coming here. Like switching out cities, like maybe LA will be as cool as Nashville was like five years ago. And now Nashville will suck really bad. It'd be very hard to live here. It'd be very expensive and all the things that come with Los Angeles. We'll see, but it is funny how many, because I work at a bar in town and almost everybody I talk to is like, yeah, I just bought a house here. And I'm like, oh yeah, where are you from? Like, oh, I'm from California. And almost always. So like, it's a fucking, it's, the transition has been happening for a minute and it's good. We're going to completely switch over soon. It's weird. Nobody from, it's, nobody in Nashville is from Nashville. And nope. also no, none of the musicians there that you meet do country music. Oh yeah, People, absolutely. It's still yeah. known as like the country capital of the world. Yep. And, and again, in the six years I've been tooling around Nashville, yeah. I've met so many musicians. I have literally never met a person, yeah. not even somebody who's just a songwriter, who's mm-hmm. involved. I've met nobody who does country music. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and in East Nashville, like that's sort of the arts corner or whatever. That's where me and Dorado got fucked up many a times. <laughs> up and down Gallon Road. This thing is like one fucking street. <laughs> it's just one fucking street where like, this corner of the city, it's a really important uh, historical place. It's one fucking street. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> Just, like 20 blocks. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Of us going to uh, jail science, the <laughs> Mexican right. restaurant. Fuck that's yeah. as far down as we go. That's right. Between there, between jail science. Now, the, the, yep. now, for those of you who don't know, that's an inside joke. The real name is like <laughs> ha, ha La Ciencia, but it just it yeah. looks like so jail science to the layman. <laughs> We just call it jail science. It's that on one end, right before you go yep. under the overpass with the railroad, uh-huh. and then five little five points. That's yep. that's the borders of Gallatin, yep. and we just go up and down that road, going that's to right. gas stations, bars, and restaurants, and houses. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cigarette to cigarette, just down the street, Marlboro lighting it up down fucking Galton Road. <laughs> that's been most of my fucking life. I'm now 38, so I'm like, you really gotta stop <laughs> doing any of this shit and get the fuck out of this town. So I'm considering moving to fucking Los Angeles like every other idiot. So I mean, at least we'll there's s- a lot to do on Gallatin. Yeah, it is there's weird. a lot It do. is weird to, like, I've never really thought about it like that, but it is weird that, like, we spend all the time in East Nashville we literally spend 95% of that time in East Nashville on this one road. On the one there's road. There's like 80 things to do. There is. Yeah, there is. There, it's a lot. <laughs> it's true. And when I lived on the west side for a while there, and, I, and it was like the last year you probably lived here, and I never really saw anybody, but it's ultimately about 15 minutes away. <laughs> like, it's like, it, it's very easy to get there. But for whatever reason, it just it's seems like, like so much work. Yeah, I'm like, that's off limits to me now. That road is gone and dead to me. Now it's like, whenever, like yeah, whenever we go to a bar on the west side, that's it for the night. Oh, yeah. Hell like, yeah. even oh, yeah. if you're not enjoying yourself, you have to stay there until you like do. 11 o'clock until you yep. can go back east and go to Mickey's. That's right. <laughs> like, See, that's a real alcoholic. That's real. You, you go to the west side. <laughs> 
It just seems so far away from everything else that you go over there and you're like, we got to stay here for like five hours. <laughs> yeah, like we made the fucking journey, dude. We got to hang out. <laughs> right. It's like going out of town. Like, listen, we're in South Carolina. We can't mm-hmm. just turn right back around and leave. You mm-hmm. hit the west side of Nashville. Like, we're here for That's like, right. we're here to like 12. <laughs> yeah, right. We've been, yeah, we went to Chattanooga in our minds. They're like, this is a fucking distance. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because it's still like that even despite all these fucking people moving here. Somehow... It's still split up like that. There's still only five fucking bars to go to. There's still only three girls that are available. Uh, and everyone you know has slept with them. Everyone you know. So you have to ask yourself what you are doing and why you're doing it. It's like, I remember uh, when people first, when I first got into comedy in, in Nashville, which is around the time you came here, it's probably like six years ago, I, I would run into people all the time who had just moved here and been like, oh man, it's crazy. And I hooked up with this guy. I'm like, just get ready, dude. You're going to see all those people over and over again until the day you so I know you think it's all anonymous and cute right now, but you don't understand. There's like a hundred people who live here in tops, you know. Like, and if you like a certain thing, then you know everybody in that arena. You know, if you're in a comedy and you come to comedy shows, they know everybody you know. It's <laughs> you know, not a stranger yeah. coming in there. That's so it's the so one funny. thing I've always liked about Nashville. That's the thing I like about the comedy scene is that it's so involved with support from everybody. Because yeah. nobody there does one thing. Mm-hmm. So everybody, whenever you go somewhere, everybody's always there. Like, if you're a comedian, you have to have a slash. Yep. Like, and so everybody, we've got painters, musicians, yep. actors, writers, directors, yep. stand-ups, improv people. Mm-hmm. All of those people are involved in at least one of those other things. So whenever yep. you go to a show or something everybody's from the arts world is in yep. there. And that makes I know. it so cool. <laughs> it does make it so cool. And it makes it to where you can be really bold and creative. Cause you're like, I know everybody in the fucking room is going to get where I'm going. <laughs> and that's what I'll say. The whole reason why I got involved in comedy is Josh in He asked me to do a sketch at luxury prestige, which used to be a sketch show at the Eastern same place, of ultimate comedy and all yeah. that shit. And, uh, you know, and so I was like, I'm a filmmaker person and I've been, you know, making movies about the shittiest thing you choose to do. Mark Scorsese of Nashville. Oh, God damn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what filmmaker fucking killed themselves? <laughs> I'm that dude. I'm like two steps away from being that dude. Uh, whoever that is. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's one of these things where it's like, I, I, I had, uh, my dad's a musician, my grandfather's a musician, so I had no interest in, in being a fucking musician, right? I know, I know, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm like, fuck this, yeah, it's really great talking to someone while they just pick a guitar and half listen to you all the time, and you're like, I'm depressed, and a kid made fun of me at school, and he's just like, oh yeah, that's fine, he's just playing the bass, I'm like, damn, god damn it, and my brothers, everybody, so eventually you're like, fuck this, I'm not doing that. So I, so I got into filmmaking and then like when I got into filmmaking, it was the nineties uh, and it was, uh, it was the end of the nineties and it was very much like, Oh, you can make an independent film. That's a real thing. And you can make it with your fucking friends, Kevin Smith, Richard Linklater, all these people, you can make a movie for your fr- with your friends and maybe get distribution in the entire world, you know, but that changed very quickly. And I caught it right at like, 
Like I worked at a movie theater in 1999 when Office Space came out, Sixth Sense. I mean, like very creative shit all at the same time. And I was like, films like nuts. You can do whatever you want. Well, that's not true, folks. And that was a small window that I unfortunately as a teenager saw as reality that closed real quick and went into some other shit. You like so, you learned about uh, what backing was. Yeah, exactly. You can do whatever yeah. you want. If you can come up with the money for it, that's right. Yeah, and if you, yeah, and if you're fucking the person who runs South by Southwest, maybe they'll show it to the people. But the slots are very few, and they ain't got room for my bald ass and all my dumb ass friends, no matter how good it is. Because uh, I do believe it's all very good, but it's hard to get people to pay attention to that shit. So. I've always been the filming guy in town, which is long game. You know, I made a movie, a documentary about a band called Silkworm, uh, who are from Seattle in the nineties and stuff. And I didn't know them, but I tracked them down and kind of was like, I think I know how to tell your story if you'll let me And they And they did. So I made this documentary for six and a half years and that turned out great. I made a lot of money off of it. People love it. I'm very proud of that movie. But right after I came off that, I was like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> Not immediately <laughs> ever again. I'm just going to start writing fucking joke videos and some comedy videos. <laughs> so I wrote these little videos and I did one or two. And then somehow or another, I met Josh oh, through Dave Shamban, who's an amazing filmmaker. So yeah, Dave's yeah, one of the, right. Shamban. Yeah. And that motherfucker is very talented. And so, and Dave, I've always looked up to and, and loved his stuff. So, so Dave was like, Hey, you should come to luxury prestige. And I did, and I did a sketch and it went great. And then it was like, Oh, I can, there's great comedic talent in this town. I didn't know about so I kept seeing people and being like, oh, like DJ Buckley. You're like, holy fuck, there's something about that dude. If I wrote him the right thing, he could fucking nail it, you know? Buckley so that's kind of, yeah, and that's how I got it. Yeah, trust me. Uh, we made one, we made some one thing for Zadies they never used. It's DJ just going, hey, it's me, DJ, for like four minutes. And you're like, this is too much DJ. And it's very funny, but you're like, oh, God, that's maybe too much. That being said, I watched it recently and thought it was great. So whatever. <laughs> what the fuck do they know? Um, kidding. But but yeah. So anyway. So I, I. So the funny thing is, is that I've always been a filmmaking dude. So when I met the comedy people, I was like, holy shit! There are people like me. All this time, I've been like around musicians who've been like, "That's the weirdo. He says what crazy stuff. Like, <laughs> dance for us, you fucking monkey." You know, it was always, always like that. And I was always like, "Hey, I'm pretty weird, right?" <laughs> but I was like an anomaly. And then when I went to comedy shows, I was like, "Okay, there are other people like me, and they are comedians." All right. <laughs> so that was really eye-opening to me in Nashville, and it still is that we have had such a fucking large number of really fucking talented people. Yeah. I mean, really fucking individual, unique motherfuckers. And that to me <laughs> is a real comedy scene. God damn it. You know, like we got a real ass comedy scene over here. I don't Hell know if yeah. you can make money unless you go on the road and stuff like Dusty and Aaron and people like that, or, or hook up with a big opener or whatever, mm -hmm. or become an opener for someone bigger than you. I don't really know if there's any, thing beyond that but you can get close to really good performers and art around here and see like how your shit measures up and that's all you can ask for in a scene so so, anyway, so i went to that world and then i basically wrote i mean i probably did like 50 something sketches or more over like five years or something <laughs> uh which were like 10 a year if you do the math that's not that impressive <laughs> it sounded kind of impressive until it's I more than math. a lot of people who would like to <laughs> it's be more than a lot of people, take yeah. some pride in it 
That's true. That's true. And we, but we put on these crazy ass shows and just be like, well, I just hope people show up, but fuck it. If they don't, we're here to do this thing. And I'm always super professional about it. And be like making people rehearse who don't want to rehearse and shit like that. And picking people up in Murfreesboro and shit and making them stay on my couch. So we do it right. But, uh, but yeah, so for me, it's been like comedy in Nashville has been such a cool fucking thing for me because it kind of woke me up from, from like what is, I knew is Nashville, which is musicians mm. basically. And so I only knew musicians and I, my dad <laughs> plays country music like a motherfucker for money. <laughs> Although he's really in the, you know, the who and things like that, but you know, you gotta make a living. So, um, but I'm trying to think of what my original thought was or why the fuck I'm rambling in this direction. But, uh, I don't know. Well, I'll say this. I ma- so I said I was not going to make a movie. So I did all this comedy shit and then I made a movie about a comedian. And that took six fucking years, and I no, just finished it. No, Chris yes. Crofton. Chris Crofton. Advice King. Cold Brew <laughs> got me like. Cold Shout Brew Chris got Crofton. <laughs> that's Follow right. Follow on Twitter at the Crofton Show. <laughs> Please. Yes, that's the dude, man. That's the dude in Nashville to me. So, like, what's so funny is, so I did know about comedy in Nashville, but there was no scene that I was aware of besides Chris. Uh, and because Chris was in a band called the Alcohol Stunt Band, and they were loved here in town. So Chris was like, well, I'm going to start doing stand-up. He used to do stand-up in New York in the 90s, very briefly. And he's like, I'm going to start doing stand-up. So he just booked him like rock shows. So he just booked a club for an hour and a half. <laughs> and then he just go up there and do whatever he wanted. <laughs> Looking back on some, a, a lot of that for making the movie, it's almost all of it's terrible. But <laughs> here's the thing. Chris is such charisma, and he's such a unique figure that, that you're so curious of what he has to say that you're like, fuck it. I'll sit here for an hour and a half because maybe he'll say something really profound. And then he would. But, I mean, like, you could not do that on Conan O'Brien and you couldn't sell a comedy <laughs> CD on the back of that shit at all. But, and Chris didn't perform with comics. He thought comics were all nerds. So the people who were around that he would later get to know at the time, he was like, these are all fucking comic nerds, which he wasn't wrong. He's not but, wrong about that. That was one of the, that's one of the biggest shocks I had to my system <laughs> when I started doing comedy was... How filled with fucking dorks it was. Man, really? So but, many guys who, like, never went on a date in high school, totally. lost their virginity in their 20s. Yeah. Like, yeah. are used to having sex with, like, yep. one girl every four yep. and a half years. Like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Who am I hanging out with? I know, I know. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Yeah, like, Chris, he, he, like, wore leather jackets and fucking, you know, flicking cigarettes at people. Like, he was not trying to hang out with Dungeons and Dragons dudes or whatever at all. So, anyway, so that's all I knew of comedy forever. And then, like, Chris was, he acted in some stuff I wrote. And, obviously, I always looked up to him. He's sort of the godfather of our comedy scene. Alongside right. alongside Brad Edwards and Chad Ryden and, and uh, Craig Smith, of course, who passed away. R.I.P. Uh, Craig Smith. Yeah, so Craig Craig was a big godfather of the scene, so got to give those guys love. But Craig Chris wasn't really enough. associated. Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't even know if he was funny necessarily. <laughs> like, I, I mean, honestly, he had some presence, I think. Uh, but he was mostly really, funny by accident. Yes, that's right. And it's so funny how when people die, though, the the eulogy's kind of like like man, like this guy was a great comic and you're like, he was? I mean, like, play me, the, tell me the bit. That was the signature bit. And it's like, oh, he hung on hooks upside down at the spring water and he tried to tell knock-knock jokes. I'm like, oh, it's all very ambitious. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or whatever. Like, I'm okay with that. And when I die, people want to be like, yeah, it was all like, oh, it was overly wordy, 
fucking like overly wordy. Uh, he always had to make a fucking point with his sketches. You know, like you know, like it wasn't that good, but he had a lot of enthusiasm. I'll buy. I'll accept that. I'll accept that shit. You don't have to lie for me when I die. Uh, tell him. Tell him I suck. It's all good. <laughs> But yeah, but anyway, so Chris, Chris, so Chris, I was leaving Nashville. He got sober, so he's in a band called Alcohol Stunt Man. He was the alcohol stunt man, but you know he's sober as a motherfucker because that's what happens when you become the alcohol stunt man. You either die or you get sober. So Chris got sober and moved to LA, and I was like, oh well, I'll do this doc about you uh, moving, and I'll do your, I'll actually do like the history of your time in Nashville and your final two concerts, right? So it's going to be a concert film. But then he went to LA and he had all this connecting with these other comics, Johnny Pemberton and Josh Fadum and all these dudes. And, you know, now Josh is a friend of mine. So like, this is now it's, I'm so intertwined because of me and Chris are friends. <laughs> so it wasn't like I was just trying to like, I'm going to follow this interesting comic guy. Right. Like I know this motherfucker <laughs> real well. So I went to LA and followed him around at open mics and watched him like fail miserably out there. <laughs> while other comics talked about how much they like connected with this guy and want to see him win. But LA is so, can be so club comic-y and that kind of thing. And whatever your success, it's you're supposed to fantastic. be. It's weird. And Chris is a, a person who is in your face and much like us, like we were talking earlier, like <laughs> it's fun to say the wrong shit, right? It's fun to say the wrong shit. People, people in like PC culture, like it's so funny. And everyone's like, yeah, but it's wrong to say it. It's like, yeah, but you see, it is fun to say it because it is wrong. Don't you understand how human nature works? Like, it's not necessarily mean-spirited. It's just fun to say it sometimes. <laughs> if not to say, I'm not implying to anyone listening, they're like, oh, he said it. The N-word, he said it. No, no, no. I'm just saying getting close to it is fun, right? <laughs> but, like, but, like, you know, like, it's so funny. It's, like, it's fun to say bad shit. It's definitely, if it's hurtful, you shouldn't say it. But to 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 delete that it's fun to say bad shit is hilarious to me. Because I'm like, that's how kids operate. That's the whole thing. He's waiting till your mom's gone so you can be like, fuck, in the hallway of your house and be I like. I mean, that's true. But, I mean, that's, I'm an that's the difference between, like. <laughs> What PC culture is and what people try to make it out to be to complain about it. Like, totally. Not saying hurtful shit, that's not being PC. Mm-hmm. That's just being a good person. Yeah, you know totally. like, yeah. Like, nobody said you can't say shit. <laughs> yeah. That totally. would be Are PC. You... Yeah, yeah. Please say feces. Yeah. Shit is a harmful word. That's PC. <laughs> these that's, days, yeah, yeah. that's the bullshit. Uh-huh, yeah. But, you know, you not fucking making the Muslim people in the audience feel bad about themselves and verbally attacking them, that's not PC. That's just telling you not to be a fucking asshole. <laughs> totally, totally. That's yeah, the even... thing. That's the, like, that's the thing about, like, it's fun to say the wrong things. Yes, when you're talking about curse words and things like that, or to yep. talk about blowjobs and anal sex exactly. and lingus. That's yep. the fun stuff. That, but, like, uh-huh. and I know that, like, in L.A., it can be that sanitized. Their PC is it's the original home of PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. they uh, sanitize, they can sanitize the fuck out of shit. Yep, yep. Like, I remember I, my, my friend Joe Raines once told me that, like, when he first moved out there, that a guy got kicked off stage for talking about his dick. And yeah. It's, it's, and it's just literally because he talked about, quote, yep. dick. 
And yep. they were like, yep. no, sir. Yep. Get yep. out of yep. here. <laughs> like, yep. like that's the thing. Uh, Nobody's, yep. if you're complaining that uh, you're not black, but you can't say the N word, or that you're not gay, but you can't say the F word, and mm-hmm. you can't denigrate Puerto Ricans or something, then you're just being an asshole. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's not PC. That's not mm-hmm. council culture. That's yep. just people that we don't really want assholes here. Yeah, you don't absolutely. Get to make people feel yep. ashamed or scared for their safety and things like that's that. That's right. Hell yeah, absolutely. But, but PC is like somebody don't say fuck. Like, is this a clean show? It's super clean. Yeah. You can't say yeah. fuck. Uh, you can't say sex. Don't even yeah. allude to sex. Yeah. You can't say copulation. No sex mm-hmm. talk. That's Nothing. PC. Yeah. That's yeah. that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I see that for TV or some shit, but that's all. You know, this is what I always say. You go to a comedy club. You go to a real comedy club. The windows are fucking blacked out. What other businesses do that? Fucking porn stores and strip clubs. You're going to see some titties in here, dude. I'm sorry. You walked into an adult fucking situation. Yeah. And that is what kills me. People are like, like Chris, the opening of my movie is Chris doing a, a long, like, six minute bit about anal sex and i kind of drop people in the deep end there purposely to say that we're going to kind of we're going to explain the context of why he is talking Put in the this fashion. To bed. yeah but this is He's an adult fucking experience sex. yeah and you're gonna laugh because that's the shit that everybody has to at least consider in their reality because unless you're not ever having sex which right. you know it unless you grow up in some fucking religious cult <laughs> yeah. compound no shit yeah people otherwise say things like damn mm-hmm. exactly and so i'm like people and i got a terrible sex and books. terrible yeah, I got the worst potty mouth. I always have. One time I was training this girl at a restaurant I worked at, and I was like, "Yeah, you just put the fucking thing there." And if, you know, the motherfucker's like, "You know, just talking like that." And she just turned around and went like, "She's like, your parents didn't raise you right, did they?" And I thought for a second, I was like, "No, they did not." So too bad. I don't know what the fuck to tell you? You are now in an adult realm. I work at a restaurant. This is not real working. Stand, I can't stand being around adults like that. Yeah, those yeah. are the weirdest You're motherfuckers like, on earth. Like, very strange. Curse. Be like, I'm sorry, Grandpa. Like, uh-huh. like, like you're yep. five years younger than me, and you're talking totally. like that. Are you out of your mind? What the fuck is I wrong know. with you? You <laughs> yeah. serious killer? Get away from me, you sociopath. <laughs> totally, because a lot of times, what that shit is, is it's what they are afraid will be revealed about themselves. That's why they don't want the shit said around them, you know. And that's what com- right. Well, you know, comedy at its best can be that. You know, like they Bill go Hicks home and whip and, themselves. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you want to be like, oh fuck, they're talking about the thing on stage that, oh, I, I, that I would never tell it. You know what I mean? Like you have a secret interaction with a comics topics kind of sometimes, and that's beautiful. That's what's great about it. And it's you're like, oh shit, we're smoking in the boys' room right now. This is some fucking, you know, like we're talking about some shit we're not supposed to talk about. That's the whole. To me, I don't think that's the merit of comedy or anything, but you look at the people who are fucking great, like the undisputed legends, you know, Richard Pryor, fucking George Carlin, Bill Hicks, whatever. Like there's a reason why they're in a different category. It's because they're talking about life, death, love, loss, religion, you know, science of the world, the, you know, social interactions, like every single thing in this globe is talked about. They're challenging all the bullshit. Yeah, that people try to keep you away from as a child. Yeah, try to keep you from ever totally. getting into, which is you know, which is the thing that ruins a lot of adults because uh-huh. Uh-huh. people are so. That's like it's super conservative. 
And I don't mean mm-hmm. in the political way, but yeah. just in the literal definition of the word. Like, mm-hmm. that type of conservatism is, it's dangerous. And it's, yeah. but those people are so caught up in, like, being able to hold you to that, that they don't ever face the facts. Like, people with that abstinence-only education. It's like, mm-hmm. th- telling children not to have sex is not going to keep anybody from fucking. No shit. So you can hang that up, and they're just like, they're so caught up in their own conservative bullshit that just like it's not appropriate to talk about sex. So even if that's not what works, I'm going to keep saying don't talk about sex. It's just like that's so ass backwards. Like you see yep. that it doesn't work, and yep. you're still like, well, that's the proper way to handle it. So yep, yep. I'm not gonna do anything to stop what I'm trying to stop. I'm just gonna keep mm-hmm. doing what I know is ineffective. And it's like that's so fucking. Stupid. <laughs> yep, it's so stupid. And I think I don't know, man. I mean, I think we live in a fucking with all the social media and all the fucking uh, podcasts and things like this. Like, I, I think transparency is like the future of the nation in some ways. It's like, they don't have a choice. Yeah, all this digging up people's secrets. It's like, man, we all fucking got them. So why don't we just breathe a little bit, ask ourselves what our intentions are here, right. and how do we get on the same page? It's about unifying. It's not about dividing. And even in liberals and stuff like that, like I don't want to get into that world, but those things too, where it's like they divide and subdivide and you're like, dude, I just want to say I'm a person and you are a person and we're That's equal all value. That matters. <laughs> Let's figure out Can this other shit. Can we just be shit. people and talk things yeah. out yep, and totally. be open and honest and not yep. be, this is how I feel and this is what's right. So totally, who totally. cares what anybody else says? It's like, that's fucking it up for everybody on all angles. Yep. Like you yep. have to find a way to meet in the middle. You can't uh-huh. be abstinence only education. You can't take the kids to a whorehouse. You have to meet <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the That's middle. Right. You can't That's go right. ultra liberal. You can't go ultra conservative. Yeah, you're you right. have to yeah. be honest and treat it from a come at it from a human standpoint and yep. not a fucking liberal or fucking conservative standpoint. I know. Because it, it will not work either way. Yeah, totally. And who wants to be like, here's the thing, man. I remember when 4-H came to my <laughs> class in fourth grade and they were like, dude, you got to sign up for this to get a grade. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to be a part of this group or whatever. And they're like, they're like, no, you just have to do it. You just learn how to plant a tree and you got to say this creed. And I'm like, well, I'm not saying any fucking creed. <laughs> you know, like, and I might plant a tree on my own time. But like, I'm, I'm fucking nine. I, what the fuck is agree? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, 4-H? I don't want to be a part of this shit. And it, like, it legitimately freaked me out. So I've always been like not into groups. I mean, put into a group. I'm like, fuck that. If anyone's like, hey, man, we're best friends. I'm like, mm. As soon as somebody says something like that to me, I'm like, are we now? I got some other friends. Maybe, maybe they're my best friends. I don't really know how I feel about you. Like if somebody tries to yeah. put me in a group, I'm instantly like, hold that's, up, hold up, hold up. That's what happens to the thinking person <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. when uh, the only choice people give them yeah, is totally. liberal or conservative. You're just like, yeah, totally. I'm averse to all groups now. Yeah, <laughs> yep, totally. totally. Can't even have somebody say, you're my best friend without being like, mm. Mm. Let's let's take a <laughs> step mean? back. Yeah. yeah, what does that mean for my future now that I'm your best friend? Yeah. Right. What do I have to do because of that? <laughs> That's right. Or people refer to me as your best friend. What okay, contracts have that? I signed because we're best <laughs> yeah, friends? Yeah, right. it's so hilarious. And I've done the same with women many a times where they've been like, 
we were basically my boyfriend. I'm like, ooh, well, I don't know if I want to be involved like that. But that shit can be bad for me because sometimes it's like I play that way for no reason for too long. And then I'm like, wait, no, you're the one that matters. So i like, I got to be in this group. You and me, babe, till the end. So I don't know. So balance. maybe that's right. You got to find balance. It's currently, I think, what I'm doing. It only takes 30, 38 fucking years. It's like, this is, a, this, is a, this is one of my other only stand-up jokes. Since I can, see, this is what's fucked up about me. I can preface that I'm going to tell you a stand-up joke, and then I'm okay with doing stand-up. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like some indie rock shit. Because I like grew up with indie rock, and you kind of have to have this cool distance to your emotions. So you're kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing stand-up, but I know I am. You know? <laughs> like, you don't have to tell me that. Just do it. But <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, uh, one of my only jokes is I'm like, I'm 38 years old, and uh, I just started going to therapy, and I finally... Uh, you know, after a really like weird childhood and, you know, a, a long time, I finally come to terms and been satisfied with who I actually am. But it took me so long to get there that I wish somewhere along the way a doctor had pulled out like a grief calculator and been like, okay, your mother's a drug addict. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, oh, your dad is a workaholic. Okay. And your brother beats the shit out of you all the time. Mm, that's about 38. We will be all right around 38. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, wait a second. You were, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, wait, you were molested? Ooh, let's see. Let me deduct. Yeah, that's about 20. Well, that's about, that's about 46. <laughs> and then you're like, you're molested by your parents? Okay, hold on. That's, I'm sorry, the calculator's not working. Nothing, nothing's coming up. <laughs> you know, like, that's my one stand-up bit. And I told it to Sativa, and he was like, it's a good bit. You shouldn't do it until the end of your set. <laughs> you will scare everybody else. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, right, see, but my idea is like, I'm the closer. <laughs> I'm going to come out and fuck with them right at the top and tell them I'm depressed. <laughs> you know? yeah. That doesn't usually go so well, but I think everybody, I'm yeah, like, gotta, everybody will get on board. Totally. <laughs> so anyways, but like, but that's the truth of the matter is like, it took me this fucking long to finally get in the middle of anything. <laughs> and I just turned 38, like four days ago. So it was like a, a reminder of like, okay, maybe I'm not so fucked up anymore now. <laughs> But I'm almost fucking 40. Most, like, I'm rest developed like a motherfucker. I'm really 27 emotionally and mentally. I mean, listen, that's the, that's the one the one thing we don't properly teach kids is what aging means. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you're 38, you're almost 40, and like, it's 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 meaningless. It's really, truly you feel is. just like you did when you were 22. Like, yeah. People, yeah. people make it out to be that, like, you're just supposed to have this huge change and yep. so people go around like dreading like being twenty seven and be like, oh, I'm almost thirty. And then oh I just turned thirty. Oh fuck. And then oh I'm almost yep. forty. And mm-hmm. it's just like, dude, you where were you the most conscious you were when you hit like seventeen? It's the same. You you can still remember all of this stuff like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. You're not old. It's not like you turned in that age. It doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean shit. That's true, though, because you know what I think? I, I think you mentally, you have to grow your fucking brain, you know? You have to, like, be go through situations, ask yourself what they meant, things like that, and, you know, read about subjects that you're interested in, listen to conversations, have those conversations. If we would teach people to be their own therapist beforehand, Goddamn. they wouldn't need therapy. If you, could, know. if you could find a way to teach, like, when I was a kid, I really liked reading, and I really like learning. So I've spent yeah. my entire life reading and learning. I think that's yep. something that has very much helped my maturation, especially like mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally. Yep. And it's like Absolutely. you just meet so many people who are like in their 30s 
And it's like, most people seem to stop maturing once they turn 16. They just start getting older. Because you see how they live. You listen to their opinions and their thoughts. And they talk about the stuff that's going on in their day-to-day life. And it's just like, I can't believe I'm talking to a 34-year-old. You sound like my fucking 11-year-old niece. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's insane. Like, when you look at their uh-huh. Facebook pages, and it's like, if you were to take your Facebook page and put it next to your nephews, do you not see that you guys are saying I the know. same shit? That's a problem. I know. You're 25 years older than he is. I know. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I don't want to call out, like, family members or like that, but I'll say, like, it's strange when, like, people in their 60s suddenly just don't understand punctuation. And it's like, how did, they, where did they lose it? What year did it, did it start slipping away? Where it's just, like, ellipses everywhere and then, like, capital letters on, like, the back half of the sentence. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? And it just makes you go, like, oh, shit, maybe my uncle is a moron or whatever. <laughs> Or maybe you just lost it. I don't know. It's like older people somehow on Facebook look so dumb. Or maybe they were so versed in speaking that they didn't have to worry about like yeah. typing or something. It's, it's I don't crazy. know. I find that happens a lot. And I'm like, God damn, how much can you not learn at 67 years old? Like, God damn. Like, we don't have to be grammar Nazis here, but you know but what I mean? Like, There's no idea. punctuation in that yeah. sentence. You made a fucking like, paragraph long sentence. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And that's fine for like Kanye West or something. Cause that's the brand. It's like, I'm just shitting out thoughts and confusing everyone. Have you been watching him lose it lately? Yeah. And see, what's so funny is I'm a huge fan of his music. And so it's all of it, even the newer shit and everything. So it's tough for me. Cause I'm like, Ooh, it's just, it's a hard time to be a Kanye West fan. I get a lot of texts. It is. I understand that. I think it's because (laughs) Kanye West was the first rapper to be that big Uh that most people could relate to. Like Kanye West, when he came out, he was a college kid. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Kanye West, he didn't talk about selling drugs. Yep. He didn't talk about robbing people. He didn't talk about killing people. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. a gangster rapper, but he was yeah. a rapper and he was big. So yeah. more people were able to understand what he was. He was just rapping about fucking relationships, yep. partying, school. Yeah, That's the majority of people in the country. So sure. everybody got Kanye West. So that's everybody grabbed yeah. on to him. Yeah. And then he lost his fucking mind. <laughs> his mama died, man, and he got real and weird. It just, and then you <laughs> look at that and see what he's become, mm-hmm. and it just hurts you so much more than anybody else because he was you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was yeah. everybody who wasn't I can see thugging. that. Yeah, I he can crossed see that. all the racial lines. Mm-hmm. He crossed all the like the the social, political, and socioeconomic lines. Kanye West was just a dude. He was an everyman. Yeah, that's and then true. he lost his mind, and it uh-huh. just and it just hurts. <laughs> it yeah, hurts yeah, because you don't have that dude anymore. You don't have anybody yeah. else you can relate yeah. to like that in the rap yeah. game. And that is horrible. true, though. <laughs> I never thought about that because you know that is I think his early part of his career for sure. That is what did it. That is what made him so across the board huge. Yeah. And like knocked so many people out of the box who they never thought would, con- you know, he'd even be a contender with. He killed it. He but could do everything. It, he could rap. Oh, yeah. He, he started as a yeah. producer. 
and he's the funniest motherfucker it was ever. Awesome. He like, <laughs> he's he just, so like, funny. Clothes and anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, so was just your, he was just your best friend who became uh-huh. famous. Uh huh. And sure. and he lost That's his funny. mind, and now he's yeah. like your granddad with millions of dollars. I know. <laughs> But he's always got these brilliant ideas, but the way he presents them are so fucked, and then he doesn't elaborate, and then you're like, okay, dude, and then I hear him on Nick Cannon's podcast, and I'm like, oh, no, he's explained himself, I guess I understand that better, but it's like, when you put that man on the stage, he becomes a rapper no matter what, and makes an <laughs> ass out of himself, yeah. and then... And then runs off into the background, and then he tweets a bunch of crazy shit. And then when you actually hear him talk, you're like, "Oh, that makes sense." It's just that's like, what I—that's what I think happens. I think, I think Kanye West is is a proof of you know there's a fine line between genius and madness. That's very true. And yeah. I think what happens to Kanye West is my theory is that yeah. Kanye West is on a lot of medication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Med- and, but he's one of those people who feels like the medication stifles his genius. Exactly. It yep. stifles his creativity. You yeah. can't create like he does when you're on Lexapro. Yeah. So I think he goes off his medicine. Yep. In, instead of he tries to do just enough to be okay, but to have his creativity back. So he lowers his dosage. But yeah. the problem for him is he lowers it to zero. Yeah. He doesn't just because he can't take any time off in the studio. Yep. So he can't just take his medicine Monday and Tuesday, keep himself together. And then stay off it for the next three days and hit the studio. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. just goes completely off his meds. Absolutely. And it kicks his shit back in the high gear for creativity. But with that comes the craziness. Yeah. And I think that's what his problem is. Because if you notice, yeah. he ebbs and flows in his madness. Like Kanye, he'll announce he's making an album. And then he goes crazy. At first, <laughs> he puts out some snippets. And you're like, damn, that's the old Kanye. <laughs> then the madness yeah. kicks back in because the medicine's been out of his system for four days now. He's completely mm-hmm. cycled out. And then mm-hmm. the madness kicks in and the album yeah. takes 18 more weeks than it's supposed to and he's on Twitter acting a nut. He's on video acting a nut. And then mm-hmm. after about a year of that, he goes back on the meds and we don't hear from him for like four months. <laughs> yeah. And then he... Cycles back off to make another album, and here comes the psychosis. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's dead on. I mean, that's dead on. I mean, you know, it's like also, I will say, what's great about that is you at least talk with a little bit of sympathy for him because what people do to me as a Kanye West fan is like, you like this motherfucker. You really like this motherfucker. And they send me like screenshots, like, this is the motherfucker that you like. I'm like, yeah, man. He's just all fucking nuts. I, I'm not saying it's not nuts. I'm saying like, I love, I love, I love the individuality. I love the freedom of expression. And I think that he's one of the funniest motherfuckers who ever lived. And he's still funny, even when he's being crazy. <laughs> I st- he's still making jokes. People just don't see it as much, you know. But um, but that's I agree. That's the it's world the- we live in. We, we were made yeah. to make fun of those kind of people now. But it's I know. because of it's because of what happened with reality TV. Yeah, those people, oh yeah, those people were created to make yep. fun of. Yep, and I agree. And they were supposed to be the butt of the jokes. Yep. But yep. What happened is that that shit leaked into society. Uh-huh. And through the years, as we've defunded schools and defunded mental health, it's yeah. created people who have those same problems with maturing, the same problems with stupidity and ignorance, and they have their own mental illnesses. So uh-huh. now we can't yeah. make fun of those people anymore because now those are the people <laughs> who make the most money. 
Like reality yeah. TV used to be the point fingers and laugh. And like now yeah. those people are Brad Pitt. They're the stars Fuck now. Up. They've Ugh. got shows everywhere. They're in <laughs> movies. They're yeah. the rich people. So now people who were created to be put on pedestals just to be knocked off are just on these pedestals. And mm-hmm. society cannot handle that because now they don't have anybody to feel better than. Yeah. Because you Which used to make fun fucked. of those people. So you were yeah. like, I'm okay because I get to point the fingers at that person and laugh. And yeah. now yeah. you can't point your fingers and laugh at those people. And so that's why mm-hmm. people get mad and they make fun of you for liking Kanye West because totally. they want to make fun of him, but they can't because yeah. he's a legend. That's right. And they want me to go like, you're right. He's a terrible rapper right. and I hate his music. He's they a need to feel good about yeah. themselves yeah. and yeah. they need totally. you to agree with them so totally. they feel better. <laughs> totally. And you know, and the bottom line is Kanye West is like an idea to me. It's like, it's an idea. He It's not him. It's the brand of Kanye West is like in your face. It's radical. It's fucking nuts, you know, and it's genre bending. And that's what's so great about it. It's like, He's, there's very few artists, film, fucking TV, stand-up, that can be unpredictable and still be right. like, and still be satisfied by it. Like, I hear the music and I'm like, well, goddamn, that shit is awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I want to fucking hate it, I'm like, that shit's hilarious, that beat rules. You know, like, I'm immediately like, I love this shit. I love this motherfucker. So, and for me, he's like an inspiration of creativity. That's like, mm-hmm. to not stop pushing the creativity or asking yourself, how much deeper I can go or how different I can make something or right. whatever. Like he's inspiring in that manner. And I think he's proven it with, you know, Yeezys and every other thing that mm-hmm. he's put his money in. In is the dude is, is an inspired person, regardless of how fucking on the farm in Wyoming. Yeah. With tanks. And now shit. he's turned into Jim Jones and a Jesus freak at the same time. He's but like David Koresh <laughs> with a pen yeah. and a pad now. That's right. And That's it's, right. it's terrifying. It is as much, as much as you still admire what he does, you can see that this is very unhealthy for him, and it's very terrifying to see what he's gonna yeah. do next. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean he pissed on his Grammy the other day, oh, <laughs> <I> mean, <hell. laughs> which is pretty awesome, but also fucked. Yeah, you know, like like it would be awesome fucked. if he was like protesting the Grammys, you know, some year. <laughs> like if he would have won, yeah, it, if he, he would have pissed on his Grammy the night he won it. <laughs> Because we right. all knew he was protesting and angry at the Grammys, and then yeah, he won yeah. one That's and funny. filmed himself backstage <laughs> yeah, yeah. pissing on it or pissed yeah. on it at the podium during his acceptance uh-huh. speech. That would be <laughs> awesome. But because yeah. the Grammy's like four years old, mm-hmm. and he's just in his house typing crazy shit on the internet and then yeah. posting pictures and videos of him pissing on the Grammy, it's like Kanye West has really lost it. Uh-huh. It's not awesome, it's scary. <laughs> it, it is, because it's kind of like. It's like, uh, it's like a, it's a, what do you call it? It's an action with no context. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like you just gave a context that justifies the action. And now it's like, there's no context. And he's obviously that. alone. Yeah. Like yeah. that's not something like, the person who was like hanging out with their wife and kids would do. Certainly not hanging out with his wife and kids. He was just he's hanging out with some friends yeah. watching fucking yeah. Pineapple yeah. Express having some fun. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. wouldn't be in the bathroom pissing on Grammys. <laughs> Him pissing on the Grammy and That's posting right. it for the world to see. That's right. That's it right. is a cry for, it's a cry for help, but not really. Yeah. But like, it's the, it's the actions of a madman. It's not cool. Uh-huh. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the show that Kanye West has lost his mind in that moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, like you said, there's no context. There's no purpose. There's no point. Kanye yeah. West has just lost it, and we're peeking inside his madness. That's all yeah. that was. Yeah, he for was sure. not making any kind of statement. 
Yeah, no, not necessarily at all. That he's yeah. out of his mind right now. Yeah, somebody needs to get over to his house quickly. <laughs> right, right. I know, and it's like, it, it, but it's one of those things where you're kind of like, you know, people hate him, but people love to hate him. You know, because it's like, <laughs> what celebrities do we fucking have anymore? Like actual celebrities with some like, you know, some swagger or something. Going, is there anybody worth talking about? There's not many. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's how I feel about all that shit too. Is we're just kind of like they're at least, all like older. Yeah, all the people totally. who still have like that are like people who are yeah. famous who got their fame in like the nineties. It's so fucked up, Those right? Are the so, only like, yeah. celebrities we have left who got uh-huh. famous for their talent. Uh-huh. And a couple people from the early two thousands, but like for the most part, the people who are the biggest right now, yeah, they don't have any talent. Like that girl, you know, not trying to knock her, but like the girl from TikTok who just got the starring role in a movie remake of She's All That. Really? She's not an actress. Well, sure. She's, she, she doesn't act. Nobody knows her from acting. They literally know her from making 60 second long videos on TikTok. God damn. And all these actors out there who have been trying, who would love to have that role, who are doing good work, people who are on things like Stranger Things and shit, good shows, yeah, yeah. aren't getting the role in that movie for a girl who has a million followers on TikTok. That's, that's a talentless fame and celebrity. And that's yeah. not, it's not a positive thing. It's not good for the world. Yeah, I know. And so what, that's what I'm saying is like, so what the fuck? It's like, this is what I was saying the other day. It's like, you know, how often is history stopped and turned back the other way? Almost never. <laughs> Almost <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're like, when people are like, well, cool. As soon as we get Trump out of offense, like, nah, man. Like, we've unfortunately, <laughs> we've poisoned the water here. Now yeah. we're not able to get the water cleaner over some time and shit. But that's like, you know, it's like, unfortunately, no, 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 no. This doesn't go away. This is. This is out there in Things the world now. Changed. So we yeah. will not be the same I after know. this. No matter how much better we no, get, look. Yeah. we will yep. not be anywhere near the same when yep. Trump, even if it's not this year, even if it's four uh-huh. years from now. When Trump's out of office and coronavirus is ended, the world will undeniably never be the fucking same. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. That's right down 100%. to the individuals. Because yeah. we are all in the stress. That's mm-hmm. the problem with what coronavirus has done to us. Everybody's living with this stress because life has gone on as normal. Mm-hmm. And coronavirus is one of those things that's so big that it should be the only thing you have to deal with. Like I was totally. talking to my brother today about that and it was just like, if you things would be fine right now if all you had to worry about was coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It'd be fine. Oh, yeah. But it's not the only thing you have to worry yeah. about. Things nope. are going to continue to... People you know and love are going to continue to be in car accidents. People are going to die from cancer. People are going to get cancer diagnosis. You're going to break your arm. You know, you might lose your job, lose your apartment. Like, life is going to go on as normal with this huge cloud of everything that's happened politically and everything that's happened with the coronavirus hanging over it. So we're all been touched by some of the worst things that could happen in your life. Totally. we are not going to be the same when yeah. we yeah. can't be. I agree. Even children. Is, like, they can't yeah. go to school. Like, this oh, is no literally everybody. Totally. We can't be the same as a society when it's over with. <laughs> I agree. I know, man. And you know what, though? That's that Maybe it's like, you know, I don't want to get all biblical about it. But maybe this is kind of the way it's got to be is that, you know, human beings are potential. This is what I always say about human beings. Like we're in between ape and God, right? Mm-hmm. So we're just bouncing in between these two things that we can never be. 
the animal or the fucking spirit being. So we're never going to know shit. Mm -hmm. And that's all right with me. But we all got to accept that we're never going to know shit, but we're going to try. That's that's life. That's what it's all about. And it's not about being superior. It's a it's about knowing that you will never know actually why any of this is happening. <laughs> so I think what has happened for me, and I think it's starting to happen for other people, and maybe be a bigger picture, long run thing. Uh, but you know, it makes you fucking grateful, man, for the things you do have. That you have fucking friendships that are real. That you have, uh, you know, relationships that are real. Uh, you know, your living situation, if it's not fucked. You know, like, you recognize, what coronavirus said, you recognize what you do have. Yeah. And I think it's real easy to ignore that in a day-to-day basis of just getting laid and getting fucked up and <laughs> eating whatever you want, going wherever you want. Yeah. You know, Mickey's. Mickey's life. Miss <laughs> that Mickey's life. That's right. Everybody's been Mickey's forced life to slow now. down. That's right. Stop. Yep. And not even smell the roses, but just look at them. God, no shit. You had to take stock of what you <laughs> really had to it, sit yeah. down and take just stock looking at a rose. of what your life is like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and, man. And really, especially with like the isolation that this brings. That's why a lot of people have been going so insane is that mm-hmm. they can't self-medicate anymore. They can't hide from themselves anymore. Yep. They're now yep. stuck at home. You can't distract yourself from your thoughts anymore. You have to be alone at home with your thoughts. You have to face up to who you are and what you are now. Yep. And so a lot of people can't take that. They've been doing drugs and partying and Mm -hmm. drinking and and going to the movies. They've been doing all of these things to not have to confront that person in the mirror. Totally. Totally. And life set everybody the fuck down. It was just like you hate being you hate being alone with your thoughts. That's too bad because for the next eight months, that's all you're gonna be able to do. I know, and it's driving motherfuckers up a wall. <laughs> I know, I know. But you see, the upside is shit like this, and I'm so glad that. I mean, how would we do this without quarantine? There'd be no reason for you to Facetime me, but you know, goddamn it, it's good to see you, man. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's good that's talking right. to you. Exactly. And this is, <laughs> this is the upside, right? It's you look at what you fucking have and start appreciating it. We could always have called each other. We could always FaceTime each other, but there was not a reason. Now there's still not a reason, but now we know to do it because right. exactly. we're trying to, we're trying we to saw each other all the time. We were yeah, very good friends. We yeah, exchanged man. numbers two yeah. hours ago. Yeah, so I know. we could do this. We never had each other's phone numbers. So we fucked hung up. out several times. We've shared drinks, secrets, stories. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We've slept in the same room. All of that. Absolutely. Never had yep. each other's phone numbers. And I know. Now, it's here fucking we wild. Are. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so there must be some blessings in the bullshit, right? There must be. That's the way I try be. to look at it. You have it's got to be. You got to find them. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's hard right now, too, because some of the people you talk to maybe like wrapped up in self-hatred a little more and things like that just immediately go negative And you're like. Yeah, I'm just not going to do that about this shit. Like, you know, it's just like, I all I can do is look around and see what I do have. I don't really, the shit I don't have, I, that's not going to change you time soon. Our income's pretty fixed here. My job is only going to bring me a certain amount of money. Your own employment right. or whatever is only going to bring you a certain amount of money. Like, we're fixed. So we must now look at what we got and, and, and treat with some value. So to me, watching a movie, like getting to watch like fucking, I've never seen a Kira Kurosawa uh movies ever mm-hmm. and i watched seven samurai and i was like oh he's like spielberg for <laughs> japanese filmmakers it's like really conventional hollywood movie storytelling i was like oh that's why everybody loves this motherfucker <laughs> now 
maybe I would have had that experience, but like it's a three hour movie. You know what I mean? But now I'm like, let's see what's up with Seven Samurai. What the fuck else am I doing? (laughs) Yeah. What else am I doing on a Wednesday? So now I get that shit and that's beautiful. And so I think there's like but if you don't know what you like and you don't know who the fuck you are and you didn't meet anyone when Mickey's was a thing, so you don't know anybody, (laughs) you know, I assume you just jerk off and cry a lot. <laughs> and we all know you can only jerk off so many more times before it does become sad. <laughs> so, so then you're just crying. <laughs> and you don't know anybody. And the porn got old. And now, you know, OnlyFans. You pay OnlyFans to see Nerado fart. That's not all you get. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, so you can be a blessing for someone who's lost it all. But, but anyway, so we all got to stay positive, man, the best we can. And, I, and that's kind of where I am with shit. I, I finished this movie after six years, and it's a great time to finish a movie because people are looking for content, you know? And Chris Crofton's someone who's got hundreds of hours of content once you get into him. So, you know, so it's, that's I'm, that's beneficial to me. When a couple of years ago, I would have been like, God damn, when am I going to be done with this movie? When can I put it out? Look how the universe works. It's going to come right, out man. right when it fucking should have, you know? It's great seeing you like this, dude. I've seen yeah. you dark times before. Look at you. You haven't stopped yeah. smiling since we got on the phone. I'm this fucking year. good, goddamn. I'm all fan. right. You're thriving yeah. in this shit, I'm man. fucking that's, all right, that's, dude. That's, that's the truth. I am all right. And, and my girlfriend's great. And I've been in many relationships with people where if I were in quarantine with their asses, <laughs> we would have been done within an hour and a half. I would have been like... You gotta get the fuck out of here. Or I gotta get the fuck out of here. Who's, who's moving now? So I'm happy, man. All that shit, and I'm happy to, uh, you know, I'm happy to see post coronavirus what comedy is and what we can do. I think the driving thing's cool for the moment. I'll make fun of it, have a little fun with it. I don't know if it's sustaining, but uh, I think there's still a future for some of this shit. So I'm not as worried. People are like, show business is over. It's like, shut the fuck up. It's not going anywhere. No, dude. Like we said, back in the dark ages, baby, somebody was tap dancing or doing something. And everyone was like, look at him go. Goddamn. Somebody was entertained. Tell the the people where they can find you online, man. Oh, hell yeah. So Seth Pomeroy at Twitter, Seth Pomeroy on Instagram. That's S-E-T-H-P-O-M-E-R-O-Y. And then, uh, yeah, and if you want to see, if you want to go to YouTube slash C slash The Ultimate Funny, you will find many videos I made with Carter Glasscock, a former guest on this show, <laughs> John Burr, uh, Josh Wagner, every national motherfucker I love except Narado, which you only acted in one live sketch of mine <laughs> once, and he had like two fucking lines, which pains me. That's not my fault. You, you no, it's not. <laughs> no shit. Well, I should I, if I had had a sketch with a farting man, <laughs> I'd have been like, this is Narado shit. Um, but we'll fix that shit, too. We'll still make stuff, goddammit. Um, but anyways, yeah, you can find those videos on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, man, I'm out there talking that shit. <laughs> you can find me. Find me inside my house yelling. <laughs> well, appreciate you coming on the show, dude. I love you. Yeah, I love you, man. It's great to talk to you, Narado. All right. <laughs>
All right, folks, welcome in to Uncle Rod's Story Corner. It's time for the main event with our main guest. Got a super special guest this time. We've been having a lot of fun before we started recording. Maybe we'll let y'all in on some secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Emphasis on the word secret. (laughs) But um, I want to welcome Nashville's own DJ Buckley to the show, the mind behind the madness of the Guinness show that we're always talking about on Uncle Rod's Story Corner. DJ Buckley, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Buckles the Clown, (laughs) a.k.a. BJ Duckley, attorney at law. (laughs) How you feeling? I'm feeling good. How you feel? <laughs> I feel fantastic. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Super good, and nobody's even drunk yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but you're not 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's been going on in your in your quarantine world? Oh man, uh, nothing. <laughs> it's it's real fun. I love watching TV and not much else. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's top notch. I don't understand why it's driving so many people crazy. It's the shit. <laughs> I know. I was so behind on TV, and I'm like catching up. <laughs> Where it's like, hey, that that was good when people told me about that ten years ago, and I never watched. <laughs> Finally, caught the last season of Family Matters. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it was Urkel the whole time. Like, <laughs> yeah, all the characters. I I would have guessed it was Stefan Urkel, but it, it was Urkel. It was, it was Stephen Q. Urkel. Yeah. Now, How many versions of Urkel did they have on that show? It was three, right? There were that I could a lot. Um, there was Steve Urkel. Yeah, Stefan Urkel. Yeah, so the, Murder there was a Urkel. robot. Which one? Murder Urkel. Uh, Murder. Damn, my, I'm getting tongue tied. Murder yeah. Urkel. She oh yeah, his, he was a uh, female cousin from the Antebellum South, apparently. Yeah, where it's like she it was, was just him and lipstick and a wig. Yeah. yeah, and that was the robot Urkel. Yeah, robot Urkel. That was the time he used the transmogrifier to turn into Bruce Lee Urkel. Oh yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of Urkels for a show that was uh, determined to have no Urkels and then just had to have Urkels. Yeah, that's like that's something that most people don't know about that show. Is that the biggest secret to the success of Family Matters is that the show was on for a couple episodes before Urkel ever appeared. He was always talked about. But never seen. He was just their uh, neighbor's annoying, weird kid. And they finally got somebody to play him for literally, it was supposed to be one episode. And he just took that audience by storm. And the rest is history. The show became the Steve Urkel show after that. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Where it's like being in the right, talk about being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Good for Jaleel White. Very good for Jaleel White. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at him now. He looks great. Yeah. he's. Uh, it's funny that, like, 
he he looks great. He made a lot of money. He got a lot of fame. I think the only other person this show was good for was uh, Eddie Winslow, Darius McCrary. Yeah, he's still working. I mean, he's not. What else has he been in? I know he's been in Family Matters (laughs) and Die Hard One, and that's it. But that that was that was uh, that was Carl Winslow. Reginald Vance. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the no. son. Yeah, no, you're talking about the son. The and I'm like, oh, Hulk. yeah, he is still working. Eddie Winslow. No, he does. He does a lot of stuff. He can sing. So he's done a lot of, like, black plays and straight to uh, VHS black movies that are based on stage plays. Oh, okay. So he does a lot of that. So he's working. Yeah, he's, he's a handsome like, looking guy. I bet just, he works. Yeah, he, he works. He works. I think his biggest claim to fame in the last decade and a half has probably been sleeping with uh, Superhead, Karen Steffen. She was a uh, video vixen slash porn star who was kind of a black version of Kim Kardashian. Oh, okay. And he, he had some things where he was in a relationship with her, and that's how he made the news for a long time <laughs> 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 on all the urban uh, gossip websites. That sounds nice. What a nice way to make the news. (laughs) Hey, my dick's good enough to fuck a model. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Hey, hello, guys. Hey, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I was on TV, but now I just fuck a model because that's how good my dick is. (laughs) Yeah, it was rough for them, man. There were allegations of abuse and all kind of shit. It was just weird. It was mostly weird just because she could have she could have gotten into that type of shit with a lot of more famous and relevant black men at the time. Oh, like she dated Lil Wayne when he was at the height of his fame. She dated oh. Lil Wayne, but like part of that story was she was supposed to be engaged to Eddie the Funky Hunk Winslow during that time. So that's, that's, that's basically he's basically a cuck essentially. He was like a, 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 a oh, that's cool, like a D-list Will Smith essentially. <laughs> Yeah, but other people fuck my wife, but I wasn't very successful. <laughs> I was successful, but I was not super successful. Yeah, back when I was a kid, you know. <laughs> back when I was a kid, other people fucked my wife. <laughs> it happens, man. Oh, <laughs> you know those child cuck old actors. <laughs> That sounds so horrible. <laughs> it was one of those I regretted the second I said it. I'm like, oh man, that doesn't. <laughs> I imagine the wife was a regular lady and was just a kid in a suit with big shoes. And he'd be like, oh no. And then he walks into the other room and isn't seen until the end. And he goes, whoops. <laughs> Goops. <laughs> Goops. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Speaking of children and cuckolding and acting, um, (laughs) you know, recently. He knew a subject I created. I mean, listen, segues, let's do it. (laughs) There was a. some inmate recently uh, beat the brakes off of R. Kelly in jail. <laughs> <laughs> and he blamed it on COVID. 
He beat the <laughs> shit out of R. Kelly, and he said it was because he was frustrated that R. Kelly's celebrity was uh, leading to their increased lockdown during COVID and preventing them to, from getting the help they needed. So he went into R. Kelly's cell and beat the shit out of him. Oh, God. I, I believe that. <laughs> I mean, if you were in prison and you knew you weren't getting out, I'd, I'd probably try and beat the shit out of R. Kelly just to say I did so. Like, Right. You don't have opportunities like, to claim fame in that, in that situation. Oh, yeah, where it's like, hey, I beat the shit out of R. Kelly, and then it's the fad, so everybody does it. <laughs> and then you're that guy that's like, I beat the shit out of R. Kelly. It's like, dude, we all did that. I beat, I beat R. Kelly's ass in prison before it was cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's not even cool anymore. That's a hell, no of, a, that's a, a hell of a way to be a trendsetter. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the man behind the current fan taking over TikTok. Number one trending topic on Twitter. This guy started to beat R. Kelly's ass in Cell Block C challenge. <laughs> I was doing it before COVID had us like that. I was doing it for fun, you know, the love of the game. I didn't care. I cared about his celebrity, but not what it was doing to us. <laughs> Just doing it because it was fun. COVID affects people in different ways, you know? <laughs> it truly does. <laughs> Some people don't want to wear a mask. Some people will beat the shit out of R. Kelly, you know? <laughs> it's crazy times we're living in. <laughs> Turbulent. <laughs> And well, speaking of turbulent, <laughs> did you see uh, all of the lake disasters befalling all these Trump rallies on the water? Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it is one of those, like, man, that sucks, but I couldn't think of a better person for it to happen to. <laughs> yeah. They don't feel sorry for any of those people. It spawns. Oh, and it, no. it shows that uh, Poseidon is voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it rhymes. How are you ever going <laughs> to? It's scientific fact. If it rhymes, it's true. Poseidon for Biden 2020. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy watching those videos. I can't lie. It was just fun to see. Especially because supposedly it was also just a metaphor for everything that goes wrong with the, the base of conservatives being poor and doing everything they can to help these rich people. They say that the reason it happened is because rich people in the bigger boats <laughs> were speeding around causing these huge wakes <laughs> that were sinking these smaller Trump supporter boats. <laughs> <laughs> so they were, they were trickle down waves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was still it was trickle down wave economics. <laughs> so, yeah. The big waves were reaching the small people, and the small people That's right. were going uh, to the bottom. A rising tide lifts all boats, and apparently sinks some of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part of the Ben Franklin quote, everybody. That's the part everybody, that everybody forgets about. Rising Tide uh, lifts all boats except for the ones that are destroyed because you didn't like them because they were poor and dirty. Get your poor ass out of my lake. 
I'm with you, man. I don't care how many flags you bought. Right. Get out of here. That's it. That's what was sinking the boats. Those people bought all those flags, and the people they bought the flags from brought their yachts in, and they sank their little boats. <laughs> Are you blowing kisses in there? <laughs> oh, uh, Danielle's over there. Hey, Danielle. Tell the said, hey. Howdy. Why are you are, why are you hiding? Did you just get out of the shower? He said, why are you hiding? And she doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> she says she's better in person. <laughs> I don't know why she's scared of technology. <laughs> Well, all right, then. But that's that's good. What does she think about that oh, boat sinking? I don't know. I'll ask me. Dan! Dan! What do you think about the boat sinking? The Trump boats. She said it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well good I'm glad everybody's laughing <laughs> oh yeah where it's like if you aren't laughing at that you were straight up like an, uh, like Nazi like there's like it's so great it's so great to see you love to see it <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it so have y'all, y'all, y'all live together now, right? Yeah, we do. So we have been since, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I just want to send the. <laughs> why, why do you sound so mad at me? <laughs> yeah, I, just, I bet. <laughs> because as a single man. Yeah, I know. I hear that. <laughs> on behalf of all the other single men out there. I just want to say fuck you. <laughs> and your in-house quarantine pussy because <laughs> we're all struggling out here we can't, we can't. oh like you can't pull Rod <laughs> I mean <laughs> you do have to pull a stranger into your like quarantine which is the weirdest shit and I'm not no I can't do that I'm not about to get yeah. fucking COVID for some pussy yeah where it's like it's all the regular dating risks, and then also COVID. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just not I'm not playing games with that. Yeah, so we're out I, here, we're in sales now. We're all in sales. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, not you. Can, no, not you. Not the people like you. Nope. We're in loving relationships with your live-in girlfriends and fiancés and wives. It's okay. We'll be back on top soon. <laughs> so, yeah, nobody says I'm living in sin anymore. Sin it's just like, hey, soon. we'll be back. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure we're coming back. We're coming back, and we're coming strong. <laughs> How strong you coming? <laughs> oh, we'll be knocking walls down <laughs> like Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> just running through with a barricade. Oh, yeah. or not a barricade. What is that? A battery. Uh, thank you. Mm -hmm. God, that was that was killing me. I was like, it's a BA word. <laughs> it's a BA word. 
Like B.A. Barakas. <laughs> yeah, that's who I was thinking of. <laughs> you know, tears down walls. Shout out to Mr. T. I'm sure he's knocked a lot off in his day. Oh, yeah. He was at Rocky 3. Oh, uh, let's see. Rocky 3, A-Team. He had he his own cereal. He had his own cereal. He had his own cartoon. Oh, yeah. He was laced in gold. <laughs> Have you heard the story behind that gold? No, what story? What's the story? Oh, okay. So, back in the day, he was a bouncer. Mm-hmm. And, like, when people lost jewelry, he put it on his neck. <laughs> and just be like, no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that's it. He was just a dick. What He's like, was... oh, is this <laughs> yours? Do you want to come and take it? <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, if, uh, you recognized it, it'd be like, oh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> like, you can have it. Yeah, if you can take it. <laughs> if you can take it from me. Who's going to try and take some That's a comedian tea. right now. Oh, yeah. yeah I saw be- some of her stand-up. It was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mostly because, like, just the concept of Mr. T being somebody's dad is, like, the weirdest <laughs> shit on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Mr. T kind of, he looks like my dad. Like, my dad looks like Mr. T. No. That's what he's that's what he's always reminded me of. Every time I would see Mr. T, I would always think of my own dad. <laughs> that's how my dad looked. He just didn't have the mohawk. Oh, did you have to drug him to get him on the airplanes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of airplanes. <laughs> Speaking of turbulence. <laughs> Speaking of airplanes, man, have you done any traveling? Are you taking advantage of these uh, super cheap tickets? Or are you just going to wait until the COVID restriction is gone? Oh, I'm going to wait till everything's gone. I I ain't going nowhere. That's a smart move, man. I'm, I'm doing the same. I have not done anything and been anywhere. I go to the store and to food places through the drive-thru. That's it. I don't go anywhere else. Yeah. I'll go see family every once in a while, but that's about it. You know, we were talking about dating a second ago. Like, literally a second ago. (laughs) Sorry, my girlfriend dodged me. And I remember when Tinder first came out. Was that when I when I first moved to Nashville and when we had first met and you had the best Tinder that I've seen <laughs> to this day because your Tinder oh. was extremely weird and extremely fun. You had the weirdest profile pics. <laughs> That's the thing. Everybody takes them so seriously. We don't get any matches, and I was like. Dude, fuck this. I don't care about this shit. And I got, like, I swear the most matches of anybody I ever talked to about Tinder. Yeah. You did get the most matches. And for some reason, your weirdness was turning those girls on. I, I don't know. And it wasn't, like, all, like, about... So, uh... My Tinder, half the pictures were, like, me as a clown. <laughs> In like weird lighting, and like I'm making weird faces. Oh God, what was my? I can remember my Tinder bio. It was weird. 
Let me, let me, it's been years. Because <laughs> I've been in a relationship for years. So <laughs> I kind of I deactivated Tinder. Let's see. Uh, it was, I want to be about you. Uh, I want you to get what you deserve. <laughs> I want you to, wrap, I want to wrap you in my arms and wear your uh, skin like a mask. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would just swipe right and then just like send weird messages to people. Yeah, I remember and, those messages. Uh, get them. What? <laughs> I, said, I remember those messages. Oh, God. Yeah, you've been like, like, opening up with like, do you like horses? <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah, I love horses. Like, yeah, I ate a horse like yesterday. <laughs> Made tacos out of it. You ever had horse tacos? <laughs> Just the They're big shit. in France. <laughs> oh man, I remember sitting at a bar and like being like, "Hey, you want to? What's the weirdest thing you can think of?" Like <laughs> you said to say to like. A lady, yeah, you want me to pour a two liter of Pepsi in your butt? (laughs) I was like, all right, I'll do it. (laughs) And she seemed kind of down. Yeah, (laughs) she was. It was just a freaks on that thing, man. Some real freaks. Everybody takes those dating things seriously. (laughs) And it's like, that's why nobody fucking clicks. (laughs) Like, nope. Whatever, where it's like Bumble, Verve. What's the what's the what are the current popular ones? I don't. Other thing I I remember hearing about is Bumble. Yeah, I remember the girls have to talk to you first. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like if you match, do you have that one? You can't message them. I don't have any of them. I don't believe in using those things. It's not that serious to me. Like, I, no, I, I can't. I, I can't. I'm not swiping. I'm not talking to you. No, like, no. I, I, I can't think of anything more like low and degrading than somebody swiping on your picture because they think you're cute enough and close enough in their vicinity to try to fuck. <laughs> I don't know why you would. I don't understand why women <laughs> would subject themselves to that. Like. That's literally what it is. It's like, it's like you swipe because you think they're pretty, and you're like, okay, oh, she's only two miles away. Yeah, I'll try to fuck her. Which oh, means yeah. that if you like, were one more mile outside of his range, he'd be like, eh, fuck that bitch. Like this, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the ratio where it's like, what's that breaking point of pretty to pretty close? Yeah. It's like. It's so weird. It's like uh, I'd give her a, a uh, an eight, but you know right. that's two miles past my my limit for maybe if I go visit eight. my aunt for three days, <laughs> she'll be close enough, and maybe I'll holler at her then. But right now, no, nah, six miles, no, thank you. <laughs> like, <fucking> six miles. <laughs> that's how it works, though. That's all. That's all somebody is saying when they message you on Tinder. All somebody is saying when they message you on Tinder is, "I think you're close enough to me right now to try to fuck." There's nothing special about you. Oh yeah, you were one more block away from where you are right now. We would never talk. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) 
No, I believe that. <laughs> it's one of those where it's like, I think gay people in gay clubs, where it's like just fucking in the bathroom if you like each other, that's like the optimum mode of fucking. Yeah. Like, where it's like, that's what hey, Tinder like, is. What? It's straight grinder. Because that's how grinder started. Was... That's what grinder was. Here's a picture. Here's my location. If you think I'm close enough, let's meet up in the bathroom. And that's what Tinder is. But because it's straight people, you know, you got to play into the bullshit. That's why you see oh, yeah. girls on there with like these bios. They're like, I'm not looking for hookups. I'm looking for love. It's like, bitch, you on the hookup site. You on the wrong place if you looking for fucking love. <laughs> you better go to OkCupid. Okay, I picked you because this shit said you were six blocks away. You talking about love? <laughs> I made a back page ad for a boyfriend. Right. <laughs> and it's somehow this isn't working out. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. I'm not looking for, like, like telling, telling Tinder you're not looking for hookups is like going to a buffet and then telling the server you're ready to order. Like, you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> This is serve your fucking self. Everything we got is right there. Go grab a plate, motherfucker. I ain't taking no orders. <laughs> you sit there for like five, ten minutes, grab the waiter when they come around and be like, hey, excuse me, uh, do y'all have menus? I was uh, wondering if I could get some menus. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, how can you sit on a website and they're like, here's the distance that you're like, looking for love. If you're within 30 blocks, let's do some things. Let's get married. Get the fuck out of here. Let's get married. <laughs> then you're Netflix. You're just making 90 day fiance. That's it. That's how you do. It's just 90 square block fiance. <laughs> 90 square blocks. <laughs> You know that's a good show. You want to you want to put that to Netflix? They seem desperate. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I would we'll, be surprised. We'll buy some drones, film it remotely. <laughs> that way, we don't have to leave. <laughs> so it's a wedding attended by no one except like two people, an iPad with a priest on it, and a bunch of drones filming it. <laughs> Yeah, because like Tinder and stuff saw a boom when the quarantine first started. And I was like, really? That is super stupid. Like, what the fuck? Now is not the time to be meeting up with strangers in a viral pandemic. Why the fuck would you join Tinder because of the pandemic? Oh, uh, yeah, because you know, all these, all these dudes were laying pipe before the quarantine, <laughs> and then all of a sudden. It's so weird. Like that's the most dangerous thing you could do right now is be within six feet of a stranger and you're trying to find people to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's dumb. It's it's just nothing else you can say about it. Like it's just dumb. It's yeah. Just dumb. Where it's like I I hate that you like people will be like, Oh yeah, no, I like doing dumb stuff and you can't just go hey that's stupid like because and they'll get real mad and it's like no what you're doing is like if you look at it it's not like i think it's stupid it's actually stupid right. like this isn't an opinion these are just yeah this is an opinion what you presented to me 
if you were to look at numbers and do <laughs> like right. what you were doing is stupid. You just showed me a car that does not have any back wheels and you want to drive it. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what you're doing. Joining a dating site. Because I saw some people saying that, well, the reason is you figure y'all can get to know each other now. And then when the pandemic is over in two, three, six, thirty-seven months, then you can go on a date. And it's just like, I don't want no fucking pen pal. Oh, yeah. And secondly, that's not what Tinder is for. It's not for pen pals. It's, it's not, not for a dating getting to know app. somebody. It's for hooking up. It, yeah, you fuck, <laughs> and that's it. Exactly. Like You talk for like five weeks. Fuck four or five and then, times, and then you don't ever talk again. <laughs> no, you want me to text you on Tinder, and then in real life for six months, and fall in love with you because you were fucking two miles away, and then after we finally meet five months later, and we fuck, and we never talk again. That's a lot. That's a, that's too long to play that game. <laughs> there are people that have met like people they've been in relationships uh, in. And like they're like, oh yeah, we met on Tinder, and it's like, like why? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Stores. It's the worst. It's just like people are when it comes to relationships, man. People just or just dating. Period. People could be like, can you dumb as fuck. I saw can you imagine on Twitter who said that your significant other should be your therapist. I was just like, that's going to be the first oh. thing you talk about in actual therapy. <laughs> that is one of the <laughs> worst ideas on the planet. <laughs> I just unload psychological baggage on them. Right. And then, and then they tell uh, me what they... to do with it. <laughs> yeah. That's our relationship. And it's like, it sounds like you don't have a relationship. It sounds like you have a victim. Yeah. That's all, that's all you do. You're making yourself a victim. Of gaslighting oh, yeah. and manipulation, if you make a significant other your therapist, you just basically telling them, "I want to be your slave." Oh yeah, just... where it's like I want somebody that will sit and listen to me endlessly, but also not ever be emotional. Right, just run my life for me, please. <laughs> Separate your feelings for me, and God, just be people my that... therapist. And then, and then be my mate. <laughs> I want I want you to tell me how to fix my life and then suck my dick. Because <laughs> I'm broken. It's so ridiculous. Like that's that's what social media did to people. It like just gave it's just people sitting around giving you the blueprint for taking advantage of them. Oh yeah. And now it has turned into your significant other should be your therapist. And that's because they've made all the strangers on Twitter, they're fucking therapists. Oh, yeah, where it's like people people will say, like, their psychological problems on, like, like what they're going through, their emotional stress on, like, on Twitter, and then be like, like, some dude with zero followers following, like, 9,000 people will be like, hey, buddy, I think you should kill yourself, and... And then there's a 30-tweet-long tw- rant on both sides <laughs> about these two dudes that will never meet in their whole lives. Ever. <laughs> it's so insane. But that's that's uh, like that's why people are always on there complaining about 
the the sexual relationship things that happen between them and somebody else online and just like the financial scams and all that shit. It's because they give these people complete control over all their thoughts and their world. And they're oh, yeah. them all into the deep, dark recesses of their minds. It's just like, you're setting yourself up for failure, buddy. Oh, yeah, like, it's so <laughs> insane. Like, also, I can't get over the idea of, like, people finding a relationship on Tinder. I'm still stuck on it. <laughs> I imagine, imagine, like, you talk to your parents and, like, you're like, hey, where'd y'all meet? And they go, X video. <laughs> <laughs> we were on the comments on on, <laughs> on uh, threesome. Yeah. We, we, Realized we were close and just went for it. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. She was she was watching uh, amateur college threesome and so was I. And uh, we locked keyboards, and it was it was love at first type. <laughs> <laughs> love at first type. That's a that's a screenplay if I've ever heard one. That's a... <laughs> love at first type. He was a mild mannered engineer. <laughs> she was a no nonsense journalist. <laughs> It's the it's the you got mail reboot. They just call it <laughs> you got DMs. <laughs> You've got DMs. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. Like like that's like when like a couple months ago when Facebook created Facebook dating, and I was just like, isn't that what Facebook does already? Do they do oh, yeah. a separate section just for... Da- That's what you would do anyway. You just send somebody a fucking message that you see on your news feed who's your friend or who's somebody else's friend. Why the fuck does Facebook need a whole nother section for data? What are you doing on oh, there? Yeah, that, like, what are people doing on there that they weren't doing already when it comes to dating and Facebook? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like all the people that are trying to date on Facebook aren't ever going to use Facebook dating because it's all like creepy guys. And creepy guys never figure out technology. And you get enough of that on regular Facebook. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Where it's like a message out of nowhere that's like, hey, hey, bitch, you so pretty want to fuck? And it's like. (laughs) And a dick pic. And a dick pic. And it's like. (laughs) Thanks for the offer. Uh, I'm not gay. I'm not hating, but I'm also not gay. Because uh, I saw that, like, the thing that they do on Facebook dating is they won't tell the people you're friends with that you signed up, and they won't recommend people that you're already friends with. It's just like, well, then what the fuck is the point? Because oh yeah, I don't. I, there's enough strangers that you have on your friends list. <laughs> you don't need you to recommend more strangers to me, Facebook. Wouldn't the point of it be to see which friends want to fuck you? Isn't that the point? <laughs> Tinder's the Tinder's the like I thought Tinder was affiliated with Facebook where it's like it only uses Facebook stuff, right? Yeah. But it's, it's so like, it's like it's, it uses Facebook for like authentication purposes. But I guess yeah. you couldn't buy it. 
And also, you know, Facebook is just like a, a money-making conglomerate. So even if they do, oh, yeah. oh, I don't know if they own Tinder outright, but even if they do, Facebook dating is just them trying to get people to use Tinder who wouldn't use Tinder. Yeah. So <laughs> those those people, like the people who don't use Tinder but are on Facebook, just, they just brought Tinder to Facebook for them because they know those people aren't going to ever download fucking Tinder. But they're like, but no, they Facebook they'll never on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck it. Do it here. It's so stupid. It's so fucking Oh, stupid. God. Like, here you go. Here's a message. A... <laughs> <laughs> just send me a message on regular Facebook saying you want to go out. Don't, why do we got to hook up on Facebook dating? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Facebook's sad. Like, Facebook's... <laughs> One of the saddest wastelands that's still populated. Like, <laughs> Rod, I got a question for you. How many times do you accept a friend request from an old person uh, when they make a new account before you stop doing it? Where it's like, so, that's like some 60 year old, yeah, that like forgets their password, makes a new account, and then like makes another account. <laughs> I stop after the first time. See, I do too. I I'll do one two time sometimes. to make a new account. And then you do yeah. it again, and I'm just like, I'm out. Yeah. Because that means like, you're an idiot. It. Oh, yeah. Because not, not even just in the traditional way, but like the reason you lose your Facebook account is because you're accepting friend requests from robots. Oh yeah, because you know, because you know, because everybody gets those requests. For it's some half naked girl that you go to her page. She sends you a friend request. You go to the page. She's got zero friends in common with you. She's got like thirty seven friends total, and there's nothing on her page but her saying, "Hey, come look at these titties at this website." And yeah, that, and the reason you lose your account is because that person you accepted that person's friend request. And then they're messaging you, and you're messaging them back. You're clicking the links they sent you, and now you're hacked. And it's just like, why are you, how old are you? Why are you just hitting yes on friend requests? I always check the the mutual friends whenever somebody sends me a request, and I don't know who oh, they yeah. are. Oh, yeah. I go straight they, to the mutual friends. Yeah, mutual friends and then pictures. Man, like, the, the spam bots, they always have, like, three or four pictures and none of them are the same person. Right. And like the fact <laughs> the fact that they never figure it out and they're like, well tits, alright, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a I had a friend get called out for that because I was in like some like stupid Facebook group that I used to use just to like go in and make fun of people. I used to tell them that like the only reason I was in the group was because I like to go to the zoo and look at the monkeys. Because <laughs> it was like a social group with real people, but they were just the worst people on earth. And, oh, God. And they were just like, you seem to hate everything we talk about and everything we do. Why are you in here? And I was like, I, I come in this group for the same reason people go to the zoo. I like to look at the monkeys. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that it was like, once you just leave, I was like, I don't even care enough to just delete myself from this group. I'll come in here and watch you stupid fuckers and make fun of you and laugh at you all day for entertainment. It don't bother me. And yeah. then, then they finally had enough of my shit after like two years and kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and that's because that's what I used to tell him. I was like, y'all, can, I was like, you can kick me out if you want to, but I don't even care enough to click three times and leave. I'm, it don't bother me. Y'all idiots, and I ain't got a problem God. coming in here telling you you fucking stupid. <laughs> you think you can come in here and make fun of us every day? For two damn years, <laughs> probably some point now we're gonna we're gonna be it was, awful, man. it was just a bunch of oh. fucking grown ups who acted like they were sophomores in high school. It was awful. Uh. It was terrible. But my friend who put me in that group, he got in trouble one time because he kept adding spam accounts to the group. <laughs> and the reason he was doing that is because he just accepts friend requests. From any cute girl, he just hit add a friend and then add her to the group, and they'd be like, "That's not a real person." He was like, "I didn't know." Like, why didn't you know? Are you two? All you gotta do is just click her page. <laughs> oh yeah, where it's like if you're past like third grade, you should know what a spam bot looks like. And it's because they send you a link in like either the first or second message. It's like. <laughs> It's insane, cause even like, cause like, like we're in entertainment, so there are gonna be some people who send us for requests we don't have any mutual friends with. Yeah, this is somebody who was at a show or something, or somebody who saw something somebody else posted that we said that was funny, and they want to get in. Oh yeah. So there's some real accounts, but sometimes those people are weird. I just had to get rid of one of those people like two weeks oh, ago. God. It was some girl. I think she lives in San Antonio. And the account was real. It was real girl, zero mutual friends. But I had some stuff that is kind of gone viral and stuff on Facebook. So she joined after one of those. And I was like, whatever, we never talked. And then, yeah. like, out of the blue two weeks ago, after, like, it's been, like, three, four years, I think, she sent me a message. She was like, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, I'm chilling. And the next thing she said was, I, she was like, she said, I bet you have a BBC. And I was like, all right, she's out of here. <laughs> like, 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 who is this random girl talking about me having a big black cock? It's like, I don't know you. I don't want to know you. <laughs> You're out of here. <laughs> I don't know you. That's my purse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had to go. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I don't know this girl. So you don't you didn't want to drive all the way to San Antonio <laughs> right. to get fucked maybe three times in five years? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was economical. Not in these COVID times, you know? <laughs> no. The flight would have been cheap, but the taxing on my soul would have been super high. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That was nothing but God, trouble. can you imagine? Like you go fly to San Antonio, so you've got to like Take an Uber or something to the airport and get a friend to give you a, a ride. Go to San Antonio. Do you get the girl that's fucking you to pick you up at the airport? Or do you have to take another Uber or a cab there? Exactly. Or do you get a hotel? It's so much. It's so much. Like, so much I don't work. know you. I don't even know you. You've waited all this time to start asking me about my big black cock. It sounds like you might just be a hacker. <laughs> oh, so you do have one. So you do have like, one. I'm not about to keep talking to you. I mean, yes, okay. I'm willing to go on the record to say that I do have a BBC. Yeah. Okay? British Broadcasting Channel. Oh, Hell yeah. yeah. Right there. Yeah. My and BBC, too. <laughs> That's right. I got a big black cock and three balls, okay? 
I'm doing some. You better watch out. That police box is going all the way. (laughs) (laughs) No, TARDIS. (laughs) (laughs) It was too much. I can't. No. Okay. I got a message from somebody whose account got hacked a couple days ago. It was an actual friend of mine. And they they sent me one of those. Hey, you're in this. I think you're in this video. Links to some fake YouTube page or something. Since I saw that, I was like, "Well, it's time to get rid of that person. They've been hacked. They'll send me a new friend request soon." <laughs> yeah, and that's what oh, they get God. playing those stupid ass. What is your wife gonna look like? Games and shit. Now, here's <laughs> how you look as a dog. <laughs> what would your what kind of dog breed would your wife be? And I was like. <laughs> Uh, who cares? Yeah, like every time I see that stuff on my feed, I'm just like, "How old are y'all?" Like you're damn, yeah. near, you're in your fucking thirties. You got three children. Why the fuck are you giving, uh, oh my god, games access to your Facebook account so they can post your which Game of Thrones character quiz and which celebrity is going to be your husband. And I'm like, what the hell are you? What the fuck is wrong with you? Then your account is hectic. I don't know how it happened. Like, that's how it happened, because you fucking idiot. Yeah, and then two weeks later, the old, I'm sorry, everybody, I got hacked. <laughs> don't open that link. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's too late. If anybody was dumb enough to open that, they already did. That's my bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know y'all trust me <laughs> with all my <laughs> positive memes I post out every day, but live, laugh, love. I learned from this one. Just fucking memes. Like, why are you expressing yourself like a fucking 12 year old? Oh. That's what I'm always weirded out about. Like, people on Facebook, and it's just like, you do realize that if you went to your fucking niece or nephew's account right now, Y'all shit will look exactly the same. And there's a lot wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot wrong with that. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) It's sad. Now let's get to some happy talk. Ooh. I think that the only thing that can make up for all of the comedy we've lost this year and who knows how much next year. The only thing that can make up for that is if we bring back the Guinness show. Oh, God. I think you're right. <laughs> we need another eight days of 24 hours of comedy. That's the only way to make up, because I haven't been on stage since February 1st. Like, oof. I I genuinely don't remember the last time I was on stage. <laughs> Oh, man. But I also have the worst memory on the planet. But <laughs> what that's not true. Do? What do we got to do to bring Guinness back next year? No, or, we'll bring it back. No, I think, <laughs> like, it's one of those, I totally agree with when this is over. But, like, oh, man, it's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> so long. Oh, God. I love people that are like, oh, yeah. Like, you've heard all the the dummies that are like, oh, man, once the election's over, this is all going to disappear. And it's like, yeah, good luck. Right. <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, that's the big, that's the thing. Like, I know that if we could get Biden and his people back in charge, they're going to take charge of the situation. 
but it's not going to be over like two weeks later. Like he won't even be sworn in until January. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm talking about not those people, but the conspiracy theory people that think it's all. This is all a ruse for the yeah. Drive up poll numbers. (laughs) Oh man, I've met so many of those. Like, ugh, it's it's awful. Big thing. Where it's like, I don't know how you're alive right now if you think. Right, because those people have to have, like, the IQ of a Tsetse fly <laughs> to really believe in that kind of shit. You've got to be too dumb to be alive. <laughs> oh, yeah, where it's like, how did you have a, like, a job? Or, like, how do you go to the store and buy? food like how do you cook stuff and follow basic directions it's insane (sighs) the amount of conspiracies that surround a disease that we know for a fact exists because my thing is like if you think this is some american conspiracy why the fuck would all these countries around the world be helping us with that you know what i'm saying like do you know how much cross coordination it takes to trick the American people with this disease, that means North Korea would have to be on our side. Brazil, that would all, mean every, literally every country in the world would have China, to be like, China, China, right? Would have to be on our side. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, the one and Russia and like right. everybody. I mean, Russia's on one of our sides, but like, like and, and like we blame and and we spend all our time blaming this on China. What, yeah. do, what do they get out of that bad press? <laughs> Listen, we need you to help us fool Americans with this disease. We're going to say it started there. And we're going to say a lot of disparaging things about China and this virus. But we're going to pay you. You game? Like, that doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense. Now, who, who's so going to call New like, Zealand? You or me? <laughs> we won't talk about your work camps, China, but if you let us pin this disease on you that would really do us a solid and we won't <laughs> so insane Ugh. like this disease is in the Congo in Africa like why do, well, why would they help us with this yeah why would why, <laughs> why was, the why democratic republic of the Congo is out right. here faking a disease for us literally the entire world the 30 people that live on Madagascar are like faking a disease so we can killing people they're faking all these deaths (laughs) they're faking all this sickness spending all this money to build new hospitals that nobody needs it's all a ruse for the American election (laughs) oh yeah why do you think so many actors got it Tom Hanks got it first because he's a great actor so he could trick everybody all the way in Australia yeah, right. you know Tom Hanks, notorious douche. Yeah, of course, of course he's in on this with him, Idris Elba. Who else had it? Uh, uh, the, the Rock and all of his family. Oh yeah, The Rock. Yeah, notorious asshole. The Rock. <laughs> so it's so fucking stupid. It's so oh. stupid. Like, none of these people know how anything in this world works. Like, you know, uh, tanking the economy does not benefit this country. You know? Like, it doesn't. 
It doesn't help anything. Oh yeah, you you have ten thousand people dying one day in Texas. It's like it's all fake names and fake pictures. Like who the fuck is doing that? (laughs) I don't know anyone personally that has died from this disease, so it is fake. And I was like, well, that just means you don't know a lot of people because nobody likes. (laughs) Right, nobody on my Facebook friends list has had this. And it's like, e well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> right with your lonely ass. That's what, uh, DJ. You uh, you just got off work. Yeah. And you you got a construction job. Oh, it's it's real fun. <laughs> you got a construction job this year, before the mm-hmm. pandemic started. Yeah, right before in January. And now that it is kicked off and you're in the middle of the election and the pandemic and so you're basically in one of the most racist professions on the face of the planet (laughs) it might as well be construction spelled with three k's (laughs) you're not wrong (laughs) and you are the furthest thing from an extreme right wing racist (laughs) shithead so what has that experience been like for you? It seems like your 2020 was going to be rocky no matter what. <laughs> you, you are right about that. Today, I literally had uh, like one of the main guys I work with. He's like, I don't know if I can talk politics with you. Your eyes get all crazy when you I'll try and not like get worked up about anything, but it's like sometimes it's like it sneaks out and like it's almost like bloodlust comes out. I'm like, I can beat your ass right here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not the place for like that's not the right place for workplace conflict because there's too many weapons laying about. Oh yeah, no, you can't. It it's the old. Uh, you don't shoot somebody if everybody has a gun type of thing. <laughs> yeah, like you're able to piss off a dude that's riveting. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Where it's like, hey, fuck you. I'm going to go stand on top of this 12-foot ladder. Don't push me over. <laughs> you don't even need anything. Just don't push me down the stairs or off this ledge with no support. Right, off the fourth floor that we're building. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so dumb. So it's just shitheads for eight hours a day for you. Oh yeah, no, it's it's great. It's me trying to explain uh, history to <laughs> everyone who is listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds horrible, man. Like I, oh. I can. Uh, you know, I had a job that most people would think would be like that, but it wasn't. Like, when I used to work at the dog track, the, the way I would always describe it to people was, like, the dog track is, like, where the hood and the trailer park meets. Because, like, yeah. cause like most because, like, you would think that when you jumble, like, those two, like, opposite ends of the spectrum together, that it would lead to a lot of conflict, but it didn't, because... It was, like, a, a perfect representation of how, like, what most people don't realize is that, like, rednecks are, like, the black people of white people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, there's, like, the difference between the hood and the trailer park is just the racist. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. other than that, 
It's the it's the same thing, and and they're looked at like the same way. So at the dog track, it was just like filled with like all these backwoods rednecks and like a bunch of black people from the hood who got along perfectly. <laughs> oh yeah, where it's like that—that's <laughs> a lot of what construction is too, <laughs> except for like when backs are turned or <laughs> or. Uh, in the porta potty walls, there's a lot of. <laughs> oh man, that's where people. That's where people go to scream the n word. Oh yeah, <laughs> to where it's like themselves. <laughs> it's just written everywhere, and then it's so weird because people write like weird, like jokes, and then like the n word is right next to it. Where it's like innocent joke. <laughs> where it's like. How can y'all uh, smoke in here? I can barely finish my sandwich. That's in like almost every other porta potty. And then right next to it is like five people arguing like a Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something about bathrooms. Something about Ugh. public bathrooms that like leads to racism, homophobia. And sex with strangers. Yeah. That's... One of those is totally fine. <laughs> like every every public bathroom in which someone writes on the walls is just like uh like a swastika. Like I hate niggers. Mike was here and then, <laughs> would you would you like call this call this girl or call this guy for a good time and then a glory hole. That's it. That's yeah. It's every no, that's public bathroom with writing oh, on no. the wall. <laughs> it's just like I don't like gay dudes. Stick your dick through this hole if you want me to suck it. I hate black people. I hate Jews. Uh, listen, call this number. You get the best pussy you ever had in your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah, it's just anything. Right. Oh god, the part about construction sites that's just, like slightly worse is all the porta potties have like the like just pornographic drawings, but it looks like a caveman did it because it's so like basic shapes, like stick figures with boobs. <laughs> yeah, where it's like for some reason it's a pretty accurate vagina, but nothing else is close. <laughs> Where it's like she has button eyes and like a one line for a mouth <laughs> and stick legs, but like <laughs> and a lifelike every, vagina. Yeah. See, if they were smart, what you would do is you just go in there, make the stick figure drawing of a woman, and then where the vagina goes, you cut a hole and put a flashlight in there. <laughs> <laughs> God, I said, th- oh, <laughs> we might have just saw all like workplace stresses. That's what we should do. We should implement the folks at OSHA should get on board with this and implement de-stressing rooms for all employees. And you should, you have a room for men and a room for women, or more accurately, uh, a room for people who like vaginas and a room for people who like dicks. And then yeah. You just like put some of those suction cup dildos on one side of the room 
and flashlights on the opposite side. And then people could just go into these de-stressing rooms whenever things get hectic at the job, you know, and take care of yourself. <laughs> I'm telling you, Bonnaroo is going to be great next year. <laughs> We should try to get on the vendors list. So don't don't steal our idea. This is what we're going to bring to festivals when the coronavirus is. We're going to bring the de-stressing tent. Yeah, or it's like next year. Where it's like, y'all wiping stuff down? Now coronavirus is gone. (laughs) And that's it. It's just fucking free dildos, free flashlights. And then a couple of... uh, a couple of trans sex dolls. So, we, you know, we want to cover all our... Ba- we want everybody to be able to enjoy these rooms. So we're going to have flashlights, dildos, and then male sex dolls with female genitalia and vice versa. <laughs> I mean, something for everybody. You know, it's fun for the whole family. <laughs> Squid tentacles. We'll have right, those, uh, those, those uh, dildos from that... Uh, Oh, bad dragon, fish man. <laughs> what was that fish movie? But shape of water. Yeah, shape. We got those fish dildos. <laughs> well, we you could have. Uh, let's see, uh, feet. Like, <laughs> you, have like, you ever seen the, feet, the the sex toy that's a foot with the vagina like, built in? Yes, <laughs> I have. <you> know. <laughs> I I wish I could have been surprised by that, right. or, or at least fake surprise. Like I had the option, and I'm just like, nah, I, I've seen it. Now the, the weirdest, the weirdest sex toy I ever saw. Um, I didn't, I don't, I still, I still don't understand who it's for. It's yeah, it's like a, it's like a hollowed out dildo. Yeah. And then the entryway is the vagina. And, oh! And what I saw, the, 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 the like the picture they used to show how you use it, is the dildo part was inserted into a, an anus, and that a penis was inserted into the vagina part that fills up the dildo. And I'm just like, what is the point? <laughs> like. Like if like you can, like if you if you want a dick in your ass, you don't need that thing. It's it's for uh, uh, gay guys to trick guys that are not confident in being gay. Maybe where it's like, no, you're not gay. Maybe that's what it is. It's like a it's like a, a homophobic barrier. Like maybe yeah. It's like look, like as long as your dick's not touching skin, it's not gay. <laughs> You're just getting off, and I'm getting off, but we're not touching each other. It's fine. It's it's like keeping one seat in between you and your buddy, where you can both jerk off during Matrix Three. That's like that's it's, it's like that would be like a like a funny sketch. It seems like. <laughs> like to get that far into like the man on man sex but still be too homophobic to go through with it <laughs> yeah like, like, you're like, naked <laughs> you're hard and you still are like I don't know about touching a dude bro. Right. it's just like okay I, I'll, I'll put my dick in your ass if you put this in your ass first <laughs> oh my god it's 
You know what's funny? That this basically, this conversation basically happened at my job today. <laughs> of course it did. But not quite this. It was like CPR. And they were like, oh, I, I was trained on CPR, and but I'm not putting my mouth on any of your mouths. But I do have a thing in my truck. Uh, that I can put on my mouth and put on your mouth so we don't touch. And it's like, that's basically a condom. You're basically like... CPR with dental dams. Yeah, where it's like, that's weirder than doing it, like just touching somebody's mouth. Right. Because that shows that you're thinking about sex at that moment. But yeah, if you're worried like, oh, I might be gay, then it's like, hey, it's okay to be a little gay. That's fine. <laughs> right, you're saving somebody's life right now. We don't really have time. <laughs> for you to homophobia. have it. That's so weird. That's like always, that's something that's always like I thought was weird about like homophobic dudes when it comes to stuff like that. Like like when they talk about sex acts with women that they think are gay. Like I don't want a woman to touch my ass. I don't want a woman to like put her tongue in it, finger it. Yeah. I don't want a woman sucking my toes or licking my nipples like that's gay. It's just like what? If, what? if you're thinking about touching another dude while you're with a woman who's touching you, I got news for you, buddy. You are gay. Like you are, you're already gay. Like if the thought of a woman doing something to you makes you think of a man doing it to you, you are gay. <laughs> I, I don't understand that one at all. Where it's like, I've never been like. I guess you must be miserable if you're like, yeah, no. What if what if this was somebody else though? Right, like that's that's like that's so you're illogical. So uninterested, so uninterested in the person fucking you, then you gotta imagine somebody else. Maybe just tell them to go home. Right, like, like yeah, do that much. But if you if you're like, I don't want a woman sucking my toes, that's gay. It's just like it's a woman putting her mouth on you. That's, that's, yeah, it's, it's literally impossible for that to be gay. But if a yeah, woman putting her definition. mouth on you makes you think about a man putting his mouth on you, that means you are gay. Yeah, you're associating <laughs> it with. <laughs> like it's so weird, man. Oh god, it's so fucking strange. <laughs> Homophobic guys will call anything gay. Anything. It's so like I watched two guys high five today. And then a third guy said, that was the gayest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, that what? You don't even have to be gay to have seen gay pornography. Like, that's... If you've ever looked at a porn site, they've got dudes fucking as a category. Right. Like, how fast must they scroll past that? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's a, I, I, I closed my eyes when I got to the letter F and I just went through there. I Luckily, I don't have a foot fetish, so I don't have to worry about it. If I did, oh boy. So Use that website Zoom to a thousand percent. Get, get one category at a time. Learning how to use it like, like a blind person. Like, yeah. like getting a Braille keyboard. <laughs> Read the porn to me. So you can close your eyes and type in pussy. Like just, 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 you don't have to see anything close to two gay dudes doing something. 
Oh my god! <laughs> like type in pussy, hit enter, and then I close my eyes. I <laughs> don't open them until I know for a fact that I'm watching a dick go in the vagina. <laughs> <laughs> It's too fucking much, man. It's too fucking it's too, much. Too much. <laughs> like the, what's I think like it's a weird cross section of like where that Venn diagram meets is like the the homophobic dudes who are like calling high fives gay are like the same as like the the white dudes who always tell you they're like two percent Cherokee. <laughs> 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 That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly where it's like, oh yeah, that's I, where they meet. <laughs> like, if you're homophobic, you're probably the type of white dude that's always like, yeah, I'm like three percent Cherokee man. And like, and the funny thing about that is like, those people never acknowledge like the true origin of their Native American roots. It's just like you do oh. know that like you're not two percent fucking Cherokee. Because your great 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 grandfather was married to a Cherokee woman, <laughs> he took a sex slave in the 1800s who was yeah. kidnapped her, and he kept her in a basement for two years to have sex with her. And like slave owners used to do with their black love children, he kept your Native American ancestor in the house with him. And, yeah, you know, your great 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 grandmom escaped in the middle of the night, and because like they never have any current relatives who are also Native American, they're never like, yeah, like every summer I spent every summer on the reservation with my people. It's like, no, you don't know anybody else in your family who's Native okay. American because you're because you're descended from sex slaves in that little part of your blood. It's so weird, right? Where it's like, hey, my great-great-grandfather was a rapist. Isn't that cool? It's like, no. No. What is wrong with you? Right. Like, Why you, you, you just got all these pictures of your ancestors. I've never seen a Native American woman in any of them. Seen a lot of miserable looking white people, but no. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. It's like Columbus Day every day for those people. Like, every time you bring up that you're part Cherokee, all you're doing is celebrating the history of rapists in your family. (laughs) (laughs) We did it, everybody. (laughs) We got them. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's it's so stupid. Also, even if you are, what what is everybody supposed to do? Like clap? Like Oh hell yeah. I didn't know we were having diversity up here. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. this is basically their qualification for why they get to say the N word. <laughs> oh oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. That's always fun, where it's like somebody just making up, the, drawing it the weirdest straw, where it's like, hey, I had an uncle that dated a woman from Mexico, so here it is, the N-word. And it's like, that's... It's like, ha, neat. Yeah. What do you mean, white privilege? I I grew up poor. I'm basically one of you guys. <laughs> like, I, 
I could call Chinese people chinks because I grew up poor. I don't know what white privilege is. So, oh gosh, I'm just right. one of the homeboys. You fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call each other, right? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we all called each other China man. You know what I'm talking about? Where my straw hat crew at? <laughs> Chinaman as a racial slur is like, like total evidence of like how people are just determined to be racist. Because that's, it doesn't mean anything. Like how yeah, how do you turn calling a man from China a man from China? <laughs> like you have to you have to really work at like the like your tone. Like you really gotta like put so much disgust in your voice to take that's a Chinaman and turn it into a racial slur. <laughs> like, yeah, of course he is. He's a man from China. It's just like Chinaman. Fucking Chinaman. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! <laughs> like, is it that hard to just say Chinese? Is it really that hard? <laughs> it's going out of your way. Like Chinese, it's like China man. Right? It's like that's you're three syllables. You're adding syllables just so you can be racist. And, and all that effort good. is somehow put into one of the laziest fucking slurs of all time. <laughs> it's so weird because it's so weak like it's not even good not defending racists but <laughs> but like if you were mad at somebody wouldn't you want to call them something fucking good right it's like somebody like slaps your girlfriend right in front of you and you just call him like a stupid head and like <laughs> <laughs> and like, like, what? Like got, yeah, there's fucking Chinaman over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus Christ, man! Like, why? Why are you so determined to just be an asshole? <laughs> you just said Chinese. <laughs> but like, it's it's all about intent, you know. Like, it's the intent yeah. behind it that makes Chinaman racist. Because it's accurate as fuck. But you're only said it to be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my gosh. That made me remember something. I was reading. <laughs> or I, uh, I heard this story the other day about a fashion designer from Japan that went over to France. And like he was like the first Asian designer that made it like big. But like. He called his first, like, clothing line Jungle Jap. And, like, <laughs> everybody got super offended. He was Japanese. <laughs> and he didn't know. <laughs> he just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> How little do you have to know about your own people's history to do something like that? <laughs> But, you know, people people do that kind of stuff, man. Like, I remember, it's like a year or two, might have been two years ago, when uh, when Drake was beefing with Pusha T, and he released these photos of Drake that were from a fashion suit. Uh, uh, it was from a, a photo shoot for a fashion line where Drake was in blackface, 
Mm. <laughs> and, no, I can't remember Drake that. Drake was wearing blackface, <laughs> and like the clothing was like had like those racist crows from Dumbo on it, the old Disney oh. racist crows. And yeah, I can't remember what the clothing was called, but it was it was something from the menstrual era. And like, and, and Drake's explanation was like, it wasn't racist. It was for a clothing line made by a black person, and it was supposed to be like some sort of irony. And it was just like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like you can't, you can't fucking make a clothing line based on Jim Crow era stereotypes and shit. That like, just because you're black doesn't excuse doesn't make it better. Like, no, like it's racist regardless. Like you can't fucking like why? Like Drake looks so happy. He looked like it looked like the it looked like a poster from Spike Lee's Bamboozled. <laughs> and it was just like you can't like how do you think that's a good idea? Right. Like first <laughs> off, fuck Drake. He's like a pedophile. Oh man. Where it's like, how many times do you have to message girls at like sixteen? <laughs> And then surprisingly date them at 18. It's so gross. Fuck that dude. I wish he was back in that wheelchair. Fuck, fuck, fuck Drake. Uh, but yeah, can you imagine if like they remade Breakfast at Tiffany's or something and then put like an Asian actor in Mickey Rooney's role, but he's still wearing like the fake teeth. Right, like it's not that, you know... Um... You know who'd be down to do that? Uh, Bobby Lee from Mad TV. <laughs> Isn't that his name? That is, yeah. I, no, that's. I have always like I'm not even close to Asian. Well, I wouldn't know. I've never taken one of those Ancestry.com spitting a bottle <laughs> DNA tests. But I'm yeah. not remotely Asian. But I've always been embarrassed of Bobby Lee for Asian people. Because he has made his entire career playing stereotypical Asian characters, and it's so it's so offensive to me. Like that's all he does. Like every role he's in is like Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's. No, it's weird. Bobby Lee uh, bought me a pizza one time. He did. <laughs> yeah, me and Joe Kelly. Wow. But yeah, I don't like every every role that dude does. Like, oh no! Yeah, like tokenism can have some positives. Like I get, like if you got to do some things, but you got the job. Maybe you're trying to break down some barriers. But yeah, every time Bobby Lee is in front of a camera, he is never just playing like an Asian American. Yeah, like, he never just happens to be some dude who happens to be Asian. He is always playing, like he's from San Diego. <laughs> like he, he, yeah. he doesn't have to do that. Like he's he didn't just get over here from China and barely speaks English. He was yeah. born, he's a classic Asian American. He was born and raised here. He yeah. could just be an Asian dude who likes to surf, but instead I'm not even gonna do an accent or anything. But <laughs> every one of his roles I mean... is him playing up to some vicious Asia stereotypes and it's the weirdest thing on the fucking planet <laughs> oh gosh yeah, yeah like it's weird like going back and watching Mad TV and it's like or anything where it's like 
oh, look, it's going on. And then Bobby Lee shows up and it's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Every time. It's like, I know this will be another three minutes. He'll show his ass. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, He's gonna he's gonna use chopsticks to pull his butt cheeks apart or something. I don't. It's know. insane, man. Like I just rewatched the league. Yeah. And on the league, he was playing like a uh, like an Asian chef. Yeah. Who had all these different quirks to like the the weird way in which he liked to cook and stuff, and it was just it was just yellow face. It was just fucking. Asian blackface is what he was doing, and yeah. it's the strangest thing on the face of the. He it doesn't appear he's gonna stop anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, did you, like he's done a lot of shit, but you heard about the new one he's got coming out, right? No, he's got a new special. No, 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 not a special. He's he's gonna be in a movie. He's gonna play John Wayne playing Genghis Khan. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Of course, of course. They're remaking that. They're remaking it. Of course, he is. I'm just kidding. I wish. I wish. <laughs> you listen. Based on his track record, I totally fucking believe that. Yeah, it doesn't seem out of character. It's like, yeah, I'm sure you're paying for this movie. Today. <laughs> he loves it, man. I don't know. If I don't know if he's Japanese or Chinese or Korean or what, uh, I don't know what the Asian word is for Coonan. But if he was black, he'd be called Coonan, and that's what he's doing. But for Asian people, whatever whatever Asian people call Coonan, that's what he's doing. Yee. <laughs> 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 You're not wrong, buddy. <laughs> He's doing it, man. He's fucking doing it. Oh yeah, it's no, okay. I can I can say Coonan because no, you I'm two percent Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got a great late night show. <laughs> I just have to take you on your word on that, but I don't believe it. <laughs> no, 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 not uh, not Bobby. Oh. <laughs> Who are you talking about? It's a pun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Late night with. <laughs> oh. oh, Jesus. <laughs> Speaking of late night. <laughs> Speaking of late night shows. What's your stand-up comedy career been like this year? Have you been doing Zoom shows? Uh, I've done a couple. <laughs> and that's about it. What'd you think? Like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, and sometimes it's real fun, and other times, oh boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like right now. Where it's like, I can see you, and you can see me. But imagine one of us thinks they're killing. <laughs> and they're not. And the other one's just silent. <laughs> I, but also, they're a stranger. <laughs> so so you kind of feel bad giving them shit, because maybe they are funny, and they're just <laughs> going through some shit. <laughs> I mean, how you doing? Uh, 
I can't remember. <laughs> Showcases or open mics? Uh, some of both. <laughs> How is I've done any real mics? life shows, that I think, <laughs> since... Oh, I have no idea. This year is weird. <laughs> How was the Zoom well, open mic? Uh, I had a pizza delivered. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I was just desperately like trying to smile as though I and fake laugh when I heard other people laughing, but nothing, nothing was as good as the idea of eating that pizza. (laughs) I imagine that's like super distracting, and like also doesn't make you feel like you're doing too good if like you're trying to do a set. And then in one of the videos, all you see is somebody getting up and then coming back with a fucking box of pizza. <laughs> and then they're just throat deep in the middle of a slice of supreme meat lovers. <laughs> While you're like 10 minutes into a 20 minutes. <laughs> Man, sometimes Zoom shows are so weird though. Where it's like, it feels like forever. You could do 10 minutes. And if there's like two people there, it's like, wow, why, why aren't you all talking? This is like a phone call that sucks. <laughs> like, oh, it's just so awkward. Because you know when your bits are funny and then you know, like, when other, like, like like proved bits. It's like, oh yeah, I know this joke kills. This is great. Or this joke's okay, but it leads into this, so it's good. And then it's like, well, this is new, and y'all are comedians, so you won't laugh, and you'll smile when it's good, so I'll just get paranoid and stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. I can't imagine you doing the RoboCop bit during the show. <laughs> That that almost might be easier. Because <laughs> I don't need anybody to laugh. I can just do it. <laughs> I've done that bit to torture people before. And I, I love it. The longer it is, the better it is to me. Oh, God. it's so outrageous. <laughs> I, I think the longest I've ever done it... Uh, Matthew Tate in Huntsville had a birthday show and he wanted me to walk the audience with that <laughs> bit. So I just <laughs> kept going till everyone left. Except it's comedians. <laughs> so they're kind of like in on it. So I just got to watch the like like not everybody was comedians, but there were a good amount. <laughs> so I got to watch all the normal people have fun, laugh, be miserable, have fun again, and then get very confused <laughs> and mad and storm out. <laughs> like I'm doing performance art or something. <laughs> that's what it had become at that point. But that's, I love that shit. I love to watch people like laugh at it and then get confused as it keeps going. And then you keep doing it, and then somehow they get back into it and start laughing again. Yeah. I would love to see it go on so long that people go from laughing to confused 
to laughing to fucking angry and then just leaving. <laughs> if you can get them to stay past angry, it's a really, really good laugh. And then after that, there's no anything. Like it's you got so you gotta close on that. Like you can't yeah. go into another pit or they gotta revolt. <laughs> oh gosh. I like yeah, no that like if I do that bit early, I have to do it like shorter, but I can't do it too short or it defeats the purpose of it because it's weird. Because <laughs> if I do it too, like, like not long enough, it's not only not funny, it makes me look like a psychopath. Like, I look like I have a mental problem if I only do it a little bit because it's not funny. <laughs> that would be great, like. You you are the brains behind the Guinness show, and I keep telling people that the only thing to make up for all the comedy we've lost so far this year and maybe next year is to bring back the Guinness show so we can just tell jokes for eight days, 24 hours a day, and I think we bring it back, you should do an hour-long set, oh, and God. it's just that joke. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I, I can do it. I've, I've done close. And it's a, it's a two-part joke. So 30 minutes should be the first part, and then 30 minutes should be the second part. Oh god. And you it's, should do it when it's oh. full, too. Like, primetime hours, like 8 o'clock. <laughs> you should book yourself oh. from 8 to 9. And then put an Get. improv troupe on at 7.30 so we know the crowd is going to be bad. Oh, God. And then put an improv I... troupe on after you. And then just that hour in between, it's just you going, Officer Lewis, Officer Lewis, Officer Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like the times where we get a celebrity drop in and everybody texts everybody, but I go up on stage while everybody's there waiting and it's like, hey, hey, look, Bill Burr's in the back. And I was like, no, I'm not, I don't give a shit. It's my show. It's my time. Yeah. <laughs> like DJ Buckley's coming up for 15 minutes and then Bill Burr's going to do 45 and then you just do an hour of Austin Lewis. <laughs> God, can you imagine how pissed everybody's be? No, he, he'll be done any minute now. But <laughs> it never stops, and it's one thing. Oh, it'd be the best. It'd be the best. <laughs> Y'all ever cuckold an audience before? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fucking good, man. I would fucking oh. scream. That's the only thing that I could put. That's probably the only thing I would find funnier than somebody bombing. Oh, because torturing an audience. Yeah, because like somebody bombing is my favorite thing on the face of the planet. Yeah, but if I could watch you torture an audience for an hour with one joke, oh god, that'd be great. Do you like bombs? I do like bombs. I was about to <laughs> when you said torturing an audience, I'm like, I've done that before. It was great. 
I can't get enough of somebody bombing, man. I think somebody bombing is funnier than Richard Pryor in his prime. Like, there's... Oh, God. I don't think any comedian on the face of the planet, past, present, or future, has ever been funnier than somebody bombing. And I mean a real bomb. Like, if you're just not funny, I don't care. I'll just not laugh or I'll leave and go smoke a cigarette or something. Yeah. If you're on stage, man, and, like, you're giving it your fucking all... Oh, like if you're if like you're giving a hundred and ten percent on stage with your body, your timing's yeah. perfect, the the setup, the punch. If you're doing everything great, and just the audience does not give a fuck, oh, God. <laughs> I it will is scream in there. I will fucking scream. <laughs> You'll think you're killing it just for me, because yeah. I will be fucking cackling in that motherfucker. Oh, that that is the funniest. Where it's like, where somebody bombs so hard, the comics in the back almost keep them from doing it because <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Where it's oh, like yeah. they're doing all the act outs and they're like not just saying the jokes; they're saying that I'm killing it tags <laughs> as well. and like riffing and like everybody's silent except like the comics in the back laughing <laughs> all the audience is like looking around going what the hell is he talking about <laughs> who the, the fuck is this dude it's the best man the best the best bomb I ever saw in my life it was I had been doing it for about a year yeah and we're in Birmingham at this bar called the Barking Kudu where we used to do open mics and yeah it had a stage like outside on the patio and a stage and a full like auditorium room in the back. So like when the weather permitted, we would do the show outside in the front. And so one day we're out there, man, and we've got a packed audience too. It's like 45 people out there. Yeah. And this guy goes on stage and it's, it looked like he was auditioning to like open up for Dave Chappelle. Like he is on stage fucking getting it in and he is eating the most massive quantities of shit a comedian has ever eaten like the crowd clapped when he came on stage and was introduced and then it was like everybody like fainted because he didn't get up like even the crickets were silent like there was no fucking noise after they stopped clapping when he came on stage and he just started going. I mean, he was running back and forth across the stage. He was getting it. Oh, and so the he's crowd, It was like they were blind and deaf, man. They didn't oh, give God. a fuck. And at a, like 10 minutes into his set, he just looks around and goes, man, I'm fucking bombing up here. And the place <laughs> went nuts. Like, the crowd erupted at that point. It was the funniest thing they'd heard him say all night. And I was like, this is amazing. He had kind of like just started too. So, yeah. And then it just keeps going. It was like the best night ever. So, after the show, me and a couple of comics are sitting outside with him on the patio and we're just talking. And he's talking yeah. about how hard he bombed. And then this girl stumbles out of the bar. She's like speed walking, but she's super drunk. It's the it's the funniest looking thing I've ever seen. Oh, and we're just like, oh my god, this is this girl is about to, uh, she's about to tear some shit up. She jumps in her yeah. car, and so the way the parking lot was set up, there was like parking on one side, 
parking on the opposite side, and there was like two entryways. So she was yeah. parked near one entrance. So all she had to do was get in her car, back up 10 feet, put it back in drive, and take a right. Man, she gets in that car, throws that motherfucker in reverse, and just jams the gas. Shoots like 50 feet across the parking lot. Cocoon! Crashes into the car. We're dying. Like, we're laughing <laughs> so hard. And then all of a sudden, the guy who bombed jumps up and says, Hey, man, that's my fucking car. So now we are on the floor screaming, right? We are dying now. He runs out to the parking lot and he's talking to the girl. And she's like pleading with him not to call the cops and shit like that. And I mean, it has a silver lining because she didn't want him to call the cops, and uh, and she wanted him to just report report it as like a hit and run. And she said that if he did that, she'd blow him. And he took that deal. It was um, it was like deal what? or no deal. <laughs> what? The, bank, the, the banker called down with a beeger. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was his, his final offer. <laughs> oh God! So he got his car. So she fixed his car. And she sucked his dick. You know, happy endings. That's what life is all about. <laughs> I I can't imagine somebody hitting my car and then them being like. I'll suck your dick if you don't tell. It's that is that is so fucking spooky. I hate it. It's like that seems like the start to a horror movie. Well, you know, on the uh, you know, on the second episode of Uncle Rod's Story Corner, we talked to Jasper Jasper yeah. D. Platt, and we talked about your car getting hit that night by that guy. What what what, what would it, would you have preferred? Him coming to the house six or seven times at three in the morning to talk about it, or just being like, "I'll suck your dick and never come back." <laughs> I neither. <laughs> talk to me one or two times, like, like the first couple of times I'm like, "Wow, what a responsible dude," and then like the fourth time I'm like, "All right, what the fuck else is there?" I called the cops. Great. <laughs> My car is still parked. You know where it is. What do you want? <laughs> Fucking ass. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing because we were all hanging out and like it was nothing. Like he backed into my car. I don't even know if there was anything. But he was like just so it was one. <laughs> I respect the idea of what he did, but what he did wasn't far enough to warrant what he was doing. He came to that house so many fucking times in an hour. Oh, God. Because <laughs> Jasper was like, oh, normally he goes to work about this time. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then we're all sitting there, and we just hear, and I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> and like, but I didn't think anything of it until he came in the house. And he's like, which one of y'all has a red car? And I'm like, it's me. <laughs> and then I looked and it was nothing. I'm like, oh, okay, this is fine. You're what? You're fine. And he's like, 
oh, what's your insurance? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're reporting, but all right. <laughs> oh, that was a that was a fun night. That was a good time. It was at least seven fucking times. <laughs> he kept breaking it down into pieces. Like he came over to tell us he hit the car. And then yeah. he left. And because it was like the damage was like minimal. And it was just like, it's cool, man. He was like, okay. And then he left to go to work. He came back like 20 minutes later. Like, yeah, I, uh. I was talking to my girl and like it's probably best that we just go ahead and call the cops and blah blah blah. It's like, all right, cool, man. You know, he's like, you want my insurance? It's like, yeah, here's here's the information. Let's exchange information and you go on the word. He's like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's exchange yeah, no. information. He leaves. Ten minutes later, he comes back. Yeah, you know, I was talking it over with my lady. It'll probably be best if we just go ahead and call the cops. like. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, where it's like, I get it. Like, a lot of insurance, they want a uh, cop on scene to report it. I get it. The, your car is a thing. Okay, we'll, we'll do that. And then, like, after the cop came and left, there were, like, at least two more times where he came out to say what amounts to jack shit. We already said all there is to say. His insurance. Here's what happened. A cop saw it, so there's a report. And you left for work five times. Why the hell do you keep going back here? Yeah, like after that sixth time, you were like, "All right, man, I'm gonna go ahead and go home before he comes back here again." I couldn't take it. I was like, "I'm. I don't know what you want." <laughs> do Do you want to blow me? Is that it? That's what he's doing. He was trying to work up the courage. Yeah. It was just a lot more intimidating because y'all were all there, too. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> know those homophobic fellas are. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to wait around. He was hoping you were there alone so he could offer to let you fuck up the ass with one of those hollowed out dildos with a vagina on it. <laughs> yeah. And the pee hole on the other end is also a vagina. So it's it's not gay either way. <laughs> So as the as the as the man behind the Guinness show, are you down to yeah. bring it back? Because we know yeah. it. not only do oh. we just miss it in general, but yeah, it's the only thing they can save comedy for uh, for uh, the entire globe. Honestly, so yeah. like like we did, we had music acts that were funny, we had improv, we had sketch, and we had stand up. All of that has been shut down. So it's up to you, DJ Buckley. To save comedy, I'll, I'll do it. Down? I mean, because I'm willing yeah, to do I'm whatever down. it takes. I don't, I don't know how much effort I'd have to put in. I don't know how much money I would have to try to come up with. But whatever needs to be done, I will Ooh. give a hundred ten percent effort to help bring the Gaddis show back because it's been two years already, and that's fucking two years too long. <laughs> no, no, you're right. The first year it didn't happen. I'm like. Why does this? Why does April feel so weird? And I'm like, oh yeah, normally I have a a week where I'm like a fucking ghoul that like just walks around in either a t-shirt or dress clothes, like unable to like 
sleepless, just keeping an eye on a clock. <laughs> <laughs> like a horrible fucking comic book character. I'm like, right. I'm the one who keeps the time. Sleeping in a broom closet in a fucking suit for eight days. <laughs> Ugh. Going home every three days to take a shower. <laughs> I swear the the worst part of it was like there were so many bad parts but like I remember (laughs) it was either year one or year two I had to tell people not to take pictures of people that were asleep and I'm like that's fucked up leave them alone (laughs) or it's like this is already hard like fuck off with that (laughs) so there you have it folks from the man himself he is down to bring back Guinness. So once Dr. Fauci tells us when it's okay for us to get back together and coronavirus is virtually gone, we got to sit down with DJ Buckley and get everything in order for us to get comedy back to where it needs to be. We could do it right now. <laughs> but everybody's going to have to be like a bubble boy or a- <laughs> Everybody bring your own hazmat suit and we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way it's happening. We all dress up like fucking Walter White and Jesse cooking meth in those houses that they're fumigating. <laughs> we, <laughs> we can do it. It'll be like that scene in E.T. where he's... <laughs> <laughs> Except E.T. will be the person on stage. <laughs> With the, with the bathrobe around their head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Buckles, tell the people where they can find you online, man. Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter, at, at bat on a cat hat. Uh, <laughs> good luck. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on Instagram as uh, Jaws for the Revenge. I'm on Facebook. Uh you, you can find me. <laughs> I'm not hard to find. Unless uh, you find a, you Google me and you find a DJ in Europe. <laughs> Is that someone else? Don't don't worry about him. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Talk to you later, dude. All right. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you laughed. I hope you smiled. I hope you learned something. Hope it put you in a good mood. Or if you're already in a good mood, hope it put you in a better mood. Um, had a lot of fun. Big shout out to all my guests and telling some great stories. It's a real good time, man. Anyway, uh, you know, check back in with us soon. We'll have an all new episode going. I want you to know I love you and I, I hope you love yourself and, and love everybody else. The number to the National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. The number to the Trans Lifeline is 1-877-565-8860. Hit them up if you you need to talk about some things or something's troubling you. Hell, hit me up. I don't really sleep. So the sun comes up like a vampire. So hit your boy up, man. If you got my number, call me. You know, when you need to talk. Text me. 
Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram. Whatever. You can email me at rodforshort at gmail.com. And if you're feeling generous, hit your boy with a donation on the Cash App. That's Cash Tag. Dollar sign. Rod for short. R-O-D. Number four. S-H-O-R-T. Hit me up on Venmo at Narado Moore. And, um... I think that'll do it, man. Holla at you.